Hey, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the Road Podcast, presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I am one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We have DJ Never here. Yo, yo, what up? We have Jamie the Great. In, in lane. He's off to the side a little bit. He's doing his BTS game behind the scenes. Dimas is getting his ass fixed, of course. He's MIA. Um, but I have this round table of very talented and important individuals and have a discussion uh, about a recent uh, topic that we had in a previous episode, which was brought up, and it was this topic was house versus EDM. And uh, when this topic came out to the public and it was on social media, you know, it kind of, I don't know if it went viral, but a lot of people had a lot to say about this. And there was really no clarity from all sides. It was like they, everyone had different arguments. And in this discussion of house versus EDM, emerged another topic, which I was a little confused about as well, was the difference between electronic dance music and EDM and how house plays under this umbrella of electronic dance music. Um, but I want I, before we get into the details of this all, I want to, you know, introduce this round table of uh, heavyweights that we gathered for this discussion. Um, I want to introduce Compton's only Dominican, right? The, uh, you're maybe the only Dominican to come out of Compton. Yes. <laughs> um, he's one of my favorite DJs. He's produced for Diplo. He's has some of our, all of our favorite remixes in the club. And he's just, he's an incredible, talented dude. Um, we have Spider Tech. What's hey. up, Spider Tech? What up? What up? What up? And then, um, you know, we've had this guest on before. And, uh, you know, we recently saw him at uh, Beyond the Music in uh arizona he's become kind of like a every every dj's like favorite life coach he's like he's like a guru to the working djs but he's just an amazing house dj and uh amazing edm dj he's a resident at tau lavo and marquee i worked with him for like maybe over 10 years or more sure. um jason lima what's up lima oh, hello. Thank, you. thank you for having me and then I like to introduce. I've known this dude for I don't know, close to twenty. I don't know, maybe almost twenty okay, years man. now. Yeah. He's one of my favorite house DJs, open format DJs, dancehall DJs. He's done, he's done it all. He's uh he's <laughs> he's uh he's very 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 well versed in open format as well as house and dancehall. And um, he actually you know not only is he a DJ but he's now has his own DJ agency, Mac Agency, and he's from you know Dirty Jersey. And I, and I love this dude a lot. We have Eddie McDonald here. Eddie Mack is yeah. good. Good to be back. And now it's always a pleasure, you know, to, for me to introduce this individual. I, I, I see him as like a god. I, I call him like the Jerry Weintraub for DJs, you know? <laughs> That's accurate. He's, um, he's like, he's the Graham ambassador of hip hop, especially in Las Vegas and New York. He's the co-founder of The Source magazine. He's the director of programming for Win Night Life at one point. And, um, you know, I mean, this this dude is an encyclopedia of hip hop and he he's just amazing. And every time I see him, you know, he educates me and schools me and tells me all these amazing stories around hip hop. And it's uh, I'm very happy he's here. Shaky Green. Hey, what's yeah. up? Oh. Thank you. Yes, Appreciate, it. Appreciate it, brother. So I want to have this conversation with you guys. And I know, you know, we, we were initially talking. Uh, I talked to you guys separately on the side. But, you know, there's this discussion of house versus EDM. And before I go into that, when this topic came out, 
something that kind of I don't know it kind of uh, ups it didn't upset me but I was kind of confused was that when I started googling house music it was labeling house music EDM and then not only that but people were referring to house as EDM and when we did when we had this whole discussion on social media everyone's like what are you talking about how are you saying house versus EDM house is EDM mm, that's right and then so and then there were a couple of radio people right we all love radio people so like radio people were telling us you guys got it mixed up you're mixing up EDM with this genre of music that emerged in the 2010s with electronic dance music which is actually an umbrella for all electronic dance music and that's what we call EDM but you're calling EDM this other EDM but these are also radio people who refer to hip hop and R&B as urban too. They're just like, you know, that's, that's urban. Anything yeah. black music is urban to them, right? So I was confused because even when I Google, let's say a song like uh, Donna Summer's I Feel Love, which to me is one of the first disco. The, yeah, disco songs, but it was like that had elements of house in it to me. When I Google that, Google says that is the first song that had the first evidence of EDM. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Modular synths that Giorgio Moroder used with those arpeggiators and all, all that. It was almost more like a, an early, I think it's more like a blueprint for what tran what became trance. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. uh, a, a lot of those arpeggiators and stuff like that. I mean, but it uh, made me wonder because I've never heard the term EDM till the late 2000s. And I've even the, the term electronic dance music I never even heard. It, it, till, I, I don't believe it was. I, I let me just preface this by saying, um, to me, the word dance music is the easiest and and quickest way to summarize everything. Right. Because you know you deal with, um, you know, people who want to describe what they think is dance music or what they think is house music or what they think is uh, techno or trance or you know all the other subgenres like disco house. And, and so many others, um, it's kind of like calling it dance music is a shorthand, I feel, that makes sense. Because the words, I don't think the word EDM or electronic dance music was really used yeah. back then. It was electronic it music was a, right. or yeah. dance music. Right. That was, those are the words. You either said, oh, that's electronic music. Right. And that referred to a legacy that started, in my opinion, with Giorgio Moroder, Kraftwerk, um, yeah. and a few other important artists. Right. And, and kind of that was electronic music and it was also dance music. Um, but the word EDM or the term, that phrase, I, in my opinion, began around 2009 mm -hmm. yeah. when uh, those first few big hits kind of came out. And being here in Vegas, I think we all saw yeah. the Beatport shit, basically. We, mm -hmm. Yeah, we well, saw firsthand like that transition happening well, around 2009. Let's let's talk about this. Well, I, I want to talk about that Donna Summer. So when you're saying that when they're saying that that's the first instance of EDM. It's kind of right, but kind of wrong. It's the wrong term, right? It should be electronic music. Right? Yeah, that that's the umbrella, right. I believe. Shecky nailed it. I think there's the, well, the, there's there's two umbrellas. I feel like, and that's the thing. Dance that music about. and electronic music. Yeah, well, now like, there's that's now, right. well now there's three umbrellas because now people are saying electronic dance music slash EDM embodies everything from house techno. Electronica. That's not France. accurate. No, not accurate. So, at all. so yeah. that's that's what's that's what I think radio people are saying. Okay. Which with, which I understand radio had to create a catalog or umbrella right. to embody all of these things, and then there's electronic music, and then there's dance music. Right. And I think there's a confusion between EDM, electronic music, and dance music. So when I Google, you know, I feel love, Donna Summer. 
and they say it's the first evidence of EDM, it kind of bothers me because to me, it's like rewriting history a little bit. That, that abbreviation, EDM, is, is the most, it's, a, it's the newest term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct, for sure. I, and I, I, and yeah. it's also much maligned, and it also has become a bad word, basically. Yeah. So we should be honest about that. But I like think Basically, a, it's a bad word. <laughs> it, when you, someone says EDM, I want to run in the other direction. I, I mean, <laughs> oh my God, pretty you're still, much. Yeah. Pretty, Let's go into that. Let's go. Why is yeah. it a bad word? Why? Because it's, it, become, it's become known as like... You, the commercialization. The it was most, a shelf. It had a shelf life, and it, it feels forced now. I, I think at times, and that, I think, I think, I think the term. There's a lot of marketing yeah. uh, behind it. I think it was a, a right. term to make electronic music a little bit more approachable to the masses. So they came up with this EDM term because electronic music. If if you would look at like Grammy nominations from back in the day, and I'm not saying that this is who was nominated, but you might have Daft Punk nominated alongside Paul Van Dyke, Groove Armada, Moby, Basement Jacks, Moby. BT, yeah. It's, and Paul so many, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Paul, Paul Oakenfold, right. Yeah. For, um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, so, and that's a very, those are completely different styles and right. deliveries, but they all fell under the electronic music. Yeah. Grammys, I think would call it electronic music. Right. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. I mean, technically you can even put in, you know, some of some R and B and hip hop into the electronic music catalog. Oh, Just all, like all. you can include some hip hop and R and B into the dance music catalog, right? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's yeah. it's just it it's it can get confusing, you know what I mean? But the thing that I don't like is like kind of the re to me it's the rewriting of history and it's the mis I think it's kind of a miseducation when the general public literally thinks I'm talking not DJs, the general public thinks all house, all trance and all techno, and is all EDM. Yeah, well, that, yeah. There, there was problems with 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 that. Even like back in the day at light, man. I used to, I'd be everything playing. Everything was techno, right? Everything <laughs> with a four, on a four four <laughs> time signature. Boom! Anything with a four four techno kick drum or whatever the, was the bad. EDM. I would play music sounds better with you. And it's like, are you going to be playing techno all night? Yeah. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, now, now I want to pull out like some, at the time, I don't even know, some, like some, some Max Zim shit or something. Techno. Like, and I'm okay, be careful what you ask for, motherfucker, because yeah. how, how you can misconstrue techno music. Techno was a bad word. Techno yeah. was a bad word for yeah. a long time. It was, that was a very. It's funny because all of these words at one time were a bad word. Not really house, but like disco became a bad word. Mm-hmm. Right. True. Techno became a bad word. True. EDM became a bad word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Once and, because of the commercialization involved in it. When well, you have Ethel, Ethel Merman starting to make disco records, but yeah. it, it just lost itself. It lost its direction, and yeah. and you got Rick D's, Rick D's that douchebag disco, disco yeah. duck, oh, you know. And then don't the, say anything about the Sesame Street disco because I love uh, that. I'm one. with it. I, I still have my. Grover, I still, I remember still have Grover's it. on the cover. Like, I, that's, yep, yeah, that's a great record. Yep, hell yeah. world. So I mean, like, since since we're talking about disco, let's let's talk about the evolution of electronic music and like house music. Because for me, I, I kind of want to know. What is the song, or what is the first couple songs that you think was EDM? I, I, you know, um, I mean, I think it's. I was thinking about this leading up to this. Right. I, I looked up some of the dates just to make sure, but I think "Sexy Bitch," yeah, LMFAO, yeah, and uh, um, what's it called? I got a feeling. Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed, Black Eyed Peas. Peas. Those all three kind of came out around summer of 2009. Flo yeah. Rida. Flo Rida. Well, also and that Crooker's Day and Night, too, like around the, that time. Day, day and Night. It was like night. the yep. peak of that Electro House. 
You yeah, know, so it was that coming way. out of, yeah. that's right. It was coming out of a movement. The banana split. Banana movement. split yeah. movement. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's why it kind of is a DJ AM related, you know, because it's a few interesting things like AM related. Like first is that he definitely, that banana split movement was all about indie dance. Yeah. And, and like those kind of artists, you know, like Mastercraft and, mm-hmm. and um, a bunch of other, you know, crookers and people like that. Denmark. D- the Denmark crew, yeah. right. And Aoki. Aoki. Was Justice. A big, Justice I, and Aoki and that that go ahead. And yeah, that. I think they call it Bloghouse now, right? Yeah, they call yeah, it Bloghouse that's, that's, now. That's, that's what they call. I it. remember at the time I called it Electro and Hipster. You <laughs> know, like, I like the word Electro, even though Electro yeah. was. It was also Electro Clash, was, was, was like kind of Electro Clash was the Brooklyn based like. Uh, were, it was uh, all of it. I mean, you House had like Miss Kitten, lovers. like yeah. it also, but yeah, there was also like a German edge to it, like Miss Kitten and the Hacker yeah. were like big in that genre and that was like on the cover that was like the wave at one point and yeah. they were at the are you, forefront are you talking about like dutch house like or no, no it's no, uh this was before that yeah electro clash it was this its own kind of genre even um yeah miss like kitten and the hacker hacker like a lot of stuff on international dj gigolos like dj hell and stuff like that mm-hmm. we're doing stuff like um yeah but if we were going to talk about electro like what are, what are the songs that describe electro that we would say would be like warp was that well? Like, okay, so when you talk about electro, are you talking about eighties electro or two thousands electro? I'm talking about two thousands electro. Okay, two thousands yeah. electro would be Crookers, right? Uh, to a certain degree, Justice, but Justice was more like French touch, right, a little bit, right? right. Uh, who would you have? Oh, De- Dead Mouse, Dead Mouse, yeah. He came out with some beautiful. Electro. Yeah, Dead Mouse was was considered electro house at the time. Then he kind of branched off and went to his own thing. But that era. It was Wolfgang Gardner. Wolfgang Gardner, yeah. Mm. Man, I'm forgetting a bunch of names right now. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a lifetime ago. What, yeah, is, it what, really was, does. what was that thing? It was called uh, Head, something Bangers. Ed Banger. Ed Banger, right? Ed Banger Records. Ed Banger, Ed Banger, Banger Records. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Mr. What's his Wazzo. Name? Who passed away? Um, what was his name? Oh, uh, Medi. Medi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, so, like, real quick, I actually, I, I, I don't know where to start this. I kind of <laughs> want to, like, I want to create a timeline with you guys. Is that possible? Sure, sure. Well, we can create a timeline. We can attempt to. <laughs> yeah, we can attempt to. You know, I think that'd be the best way we do yeah. this, right? Yeah. So the okay. 1970s hit, right? We're in the 1970s. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got disco. You have like kind of early craft work, right? Kind of mm-hmm. coming out. Disc, di- yeah. Like, the shit from my South Soul um, records. Mm-hmm. Nile Rodgers is, is at the center of, of all. Uh, if you want to just make it simple for everybody, yeah. you just say Nile Rodgers because the centerpiece. Once you kind of get to him, you kind of can relate to what's around him. You know, it's the Studio Fifty Four, and you know, like a lot of New York, New Jersey, Leroy Burgess, Philadelphia, probably as well. A lot of music coming out of Philly was early disco as well, like Harold Melvin, the Blue Notes, yep. and, and some of that you know sound. So Philly, New York, New Jersey was kind of the hub of of I think of 70s mm-hmm. disco. Yeah. And then there's also like electronic music kind of emerging, right? With with Kraftwerk a little bit. Kraftwerk were fed into it. Yeah. Was Kraftwerk Kraft- really disco though? No. I mean it, it was, was like more hip hop is just using was playing like it was, Trans Europe Express, which is like more of a hip hop. But see the breakbeat, the disco and the and the hip hop, you know. It, it coexists. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Craftwork, as a lot of people may know, are like my. I'm like my biggest <laughs> heroes in music because like they're like so important. It's like they are kind of at the crux of so many things: house, hip hop, mm-hmm. electro, 
trend. Techno. Yeah. They're definitely yeah. more, yeah, it's like more on the experimental side. You know, things. if you trace it all back, that's why I always think it's like Georgia Marauder, Kraftwerk, and yeah. Nile Rodgers. With Kraftwerk kind of in the center, Georgia Marauder, and Nile Rodgers. And then you can kind of trace everything from them. I mean, there's, of course, a lot of other Italian disco producers and artists. There's a lot of other... American disco artists and producers, but in a, in a sense, those are like the figureheads, I think. Yeah. And that, that was kind of the 70s, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. towards the late 70s, we're seeing the, uh, like, kind of the death of disco, like, or the, the beginning of the 80s. Now we're right? getting into, like, prelude era type stuff. Yeah. Or, West you know, End. West End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it helped, huh? What's West, West End? West End Records? West. Silver, you know, that was like Tanya Gardner, Heartbeat, um, you know, Riding um, the Rhythm, Mahogany. Things get kind of flipped. Don't, to wait, don't make me wait on Peach, Peach, no, Peach Boys. Peach Boys, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Live okay. Put out a lot of records. Okay, okay. Yeah. It got a little harder, basically. Like, it went yeah. It went from, like, disco to, like, boogie, boogie funk. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then from boogie funk, right, which is basically kind of like 80s R&B that we would know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah. Like Heartbeat. Disco, yeah. disco, yeah. disco R&B. Fly, Robin, yeah, Fly type basically. shit, you yeah. know. Silver like Kim- classics R&B yeah. that we like, would like, yeah. Right. First Choice. Yeah. First Choice. Letting a Man yeah. Put Us Under, um, yeah. Dr. Love. So much stuff good like music, that. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the best. That's so, the so yeah. good. So then it, it started emerging to this. And then you had, you had the other, you had the other side of it that still liked the groove and uh, rhythm of, of disco. And then that kind of went underground and that kind of turned into house. To house. Yeah. yeah. And that was like, you know, the Detroit stuff. And, and, and the, and the, hey, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but, but the, 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 the leg of it that also kept it alive was Latin freestyle yes. and electro. Right. Hell yeah. yeah. God. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Thank so God, many different right? branches. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many different yeah. branches of it. But Latin freestyle kind of carried us into the eighties. Yeah. You know, like oh, that, Lisa, Lisa, big example, but also like Noel and TKA, Stevie, Stevie, Stevie B, B and all that. And that, yeah. that, you know, usually a lot I of people. I felt like that was like mind. dance hip hop. That's like, right. Like Latin, Latin hip hop. I agree. The, anyway, yeah, the I was beats gonna, were like, 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 Chuggy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like chuggy. Carlos Berrios, and and um, you know, obviously, like um, I can still find his Musto and Bo- Well, no, that was more like um, yeah, but Carlos Berrios was like my, my some of my favorite beats, and that was like Miami freestyle sound. Noel, you know? yeah, that's yeah, expose that's, and all that kind of oh, stuff. like um, yeah. Lizette <laughs> Melendez together forever. Oh yeah, oh he's like he just has this particular kind the, of flavor the stabs, to it. The, the so Latin dope. rascals. Yeah, I was going to say basically, if you were Latin into hip hop in the yeah. '80s, you're also into Latin freestyle and mm-hmm. electro. Like it's, it was kind it's of a all crazy part. Together. I wish I wish you had like this timeline of things because there's so many different family trees and branches of things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Subject. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so many like, a lot of just yeah. Man, yeah. It's crazy. Without without Kraftwerk and Africa Bambata, I feel like Latin freestyle wouldn't exist in the same capacity. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because of the okay. rhythm. Yeah, I could agree to that. Yeah. yeah, Planet Rock is the is the foundation of all Latin freestyle. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like the for, that's the seminal boom, record. Boom. Yeah, boom, that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, it still gets used, you know, even today in in mm-hmm. mixes and stuff like that. So. Um, but, but yeah, hip hop and, and those genres are kind of closely tied together. I also want to talk about the culture of this music, though, because I feel like that's important. And I feel like a lot of people, uh, it, the conversation was kind of coming up when Beyonce's Break My Soul song mm. came. And everyone was like, Beyonce's bringing house back, right? She's bringing dance music back. She's bringing house music back. And it was on Twitter, it was almost like the energy that like, oh, my God. 
like Beyonce's bringing um, house back to the black community. Almost that it was taken away. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, but that was it was kind of the energy of it. You know, and, it, and it, well, I, I kind of want to go ahead. Okay, so this is the craziest part. So me being from from the West Coast, yeah, I only started going out to the East Coast just within like the last year. So being able to go to like Philly and New York and go to these different spaces where they have these parties, black people exist in these fucking spaces where they're just playing house music. Mm-hmm. Like it never went away. Like, and you have you know artists like Black Coffee, you have you know Carl Cox and all these other people. House is definitely black. Now, I would say EDM kind of othered that that shit mm-hmm. to where, you know, this was only house and, you know, black centric house, you know, like the early 90s kind of stuff that was going on, you know. Tony Humphreys and all right. that. Right. Mm-hmm. All of that shit kind of got othered and pushed it aside and like, oh, this is not EDM. That's, you know, that's yeah. other shit. But it, it stayed more underground. And it stayed more underground, yeah. but there's still a really still huge, going. huge yeah. scene for it. And I've seen it with my own fucking eyes. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's their point is that it, now it's coming to be a potential crossover where it's going to be what it was before. And I want to talk about what they mean by that, by house in the beginning, just like disco was kind of like it was built around minorities, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was almost like uh, so that, you know, when people bring up the Beyonce, like she's bringing house back with Break My Soul. It's almost like it was stolen from black people and it was turned into EDM and all of this stuff, you know? So you see, I think there is some truth to that, even though we know that the people saying that are younger and they haven't lived through all those generations to see the full cycle of it. Right. But for a younger person, they might have perceived dance music as all these European white faces that came across from, you know, and there's nothing against a lot of them make great music. I'm talking about the Calvins, the Gettas, the everyone else. It's you not know? their fault, though. It's it's no, they're, they're, all great, they're all great artists in their own Many of them are great artists in their own way. But my point is that for a younger person, that's the face of dance music. Right. And so they, don't, it's, they just don't know. They just don't know yeah. that, look, there's actually this long history where dance music has always really been black music from day one. You know, yeah, so in I, every form. I but think it, Beyonce's you know? attachment to it now is just bringing it to... A forefront, a pop place again. Yeah, yeah. Because if you think about like the '90s, what would you, you put on the radio station, and you're going to hear CC Peniston finally. You're going to hear Show Me Love. You're going to hear yeah. uh, Gypsy Woman. Right, right. Yeah. All that shit. Delight. Proper yeah. house. That's Basement Boys production. Stonebridge. I mean, you can't get any more pure house than that. And granted, I mean, we've been bombarded over the last decade with fucking Show Me Love remixes, but that was that was the radio. That's what you would do when you turn on the radio. Now, but and those songs blew those artists up. I mean, you know, 100% pure love. Another Crystal, I mean, Crystal Waters was like a queen of the 90s. And now you take yeah. somebody with the CC magnitude of factory, Beyonce. You know? I think I think what they're also saying is that they see a pattern because when disco was at, it was, was going crazy, right? There was this whole movement. And I think, where was it? In Philly, when they were like in the stadium, and they Chicago. Were, that was Chicago. Oh, yeah. Chicago. Yeah, yeah they were, disco yeah. sucks. And well, they, yeah. They, yeah. They, disco sucks, and they, they burned all of these records. Steve, yeah. oh, what the fuck was that right. guy's name? It, it, it was a rock was a jerk off. Yeah, Some rock jock. It's a rock radio DJ that yeah. staged a big thing, and it was very. It had a very negative sort of racial it was very under- oh, yeah. and, racial, sec- and, yeah. and anti-gay under- yeah. Niall Rogers nailed it yeah. whenever yeah. you see that clip that's in so many documentaries and he's like it was homophobic it was racist that's yeah, those right. were the undertones man yeah. and it was like Even, seriously 
And then later, everyone denied that they just, you know, like we see every day now on TV, someone does something and later, oh, I didn't, I never thought that. I never did that. (laughs) But yeah. And it was also scary because disco was out selling rock, rock music, which at the time was the number one genre of music. And I heard one of the things that actually started this whole thing was that the rock guys wanted to get, they wanted to go to the parties. They wanted to go to these disco parties, but they couldn't get in. They weren't invited and they yeah. just couldn't fuck with it. They couldn't get in. You know what I'm saying? I and, mean, that's not. I mean, look wait, no, at no. the Rolling Stones. They came out with Miss You. That was yeah. straight up disco. Rod right? Stewart. No, no, no. I'm saying like I heard that at the time, all of these dudes' girlfriends that listened to rock, their girls started going to the discos <laughs> and they started losing their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And because they were going to discos like and they the were Tony dancing, Monero's of the world, and they were dancing, <laughs> the good dance, the good dance. Yeah. and they were dancing with like Latinos and black people. Travolta and came out, yeah, yeah. Every you know, and, and to them they're like, yo, like what the fuck, like we're, these these fucking yeah. disco dudes are That's taking awesome. our girls, these fucking movies, yeah. <laughs> they're taking our girls. <laughs> But that's I, I, I that's how I heard it started because they were like they were losing pussy. They were just like, "Yo, we're not getting our pussy anymore." Their and masculinity it, was tested, and they oh, yeah, and, yes. and, and, yeah. and they lost whatever. But straight up and down, that was that was the driving force behind it. I mean, yeah. I don't. I, you know, know, I that's think, probably the yeah. oldest guy here. I do. I just have to say, I do remember there was a time that rock versus disco was a choice that you had to make. Oh, you know, really? like under you, I never made the choice. I always wanted both. You know, but kind of like the peer pressure in school. You kind you of to in choose school, your side. You yeah. kind of had to pick one or the other. Hang out with that one guy. Wait, which right. one? Which one <laughs> were you? Which one I was, were you? I was both. I'm serious. <laughs> I, you know, I, I love disco though. But I you, love disco. you were walking home from I school, never, and there was a rock but, guy. But, but here's the thing: when he's <laughs> I rock, never said no to disco though. When guys like um the Rolling Stones and Queen and Rod Stewart, they did these disco songs, right? This is they. There was that was their biggest hits. That's right. Yeah. And it They're selling out. It They're selling kids, out. Kids, 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 yeah, you. I mean, and and you used to hear. I mean, Larry Levan used to play "Miss You" at the club. Yeah. you know what I, I mean. mean? And, uh, Not that I was there in New York. I mean, um, WBLS. Frankie Crocker used to play all that joint. Yeah, Ross Stewart, The Queens, Number yeah. One Bites the Dust. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, and those songs get played today more than any of those other catalog stuff. Yeah, you know it's funny because when I look at those, when I when I hear those records, I never think that they were rock artists artists trying to make disco records. And they're selling out a little bit. Yeah, little EDM over here. Just (laughs) (laughs) and look at how many decades and generations those songs have transcended, though. Too, and you still get a forward on your dance. I mean, they still impact. They still work. I mean, shit. I mean, I yeah. I mean, never used to play "Miss You." Uh, when we were in the Hamptons a lot, mm-hmm. and it was a f- packed the floor. I mean, dude, th- those yeah. were go to records like for like the early, you know, early in the night trying yeah. to set the mood. So, mm-hmm. what if you're like a, a rock guy and you came out with one of those disco hits, but you hated it, but it just blew up for you? That's the worst thing that could happen to you. Like, <laughs> I, hate, I hate my hit, but everybody wants to hear it, and you just want to be like acoustic. Yes, never. But now you feel compelled that you have to perform them in all your in all of your concerts. That's how I feel about EDM. Oh, me making an EDM record, which I'm not gonna lie, I chased it for a long time. Mm. I tried to make a hit. You spoke about that. Yeah, I worked on it. I wanted. I thought I needed to, and thank God I didn't, because I'd be committed to that sound or that hit, and I couldn't. You know, pursue what I do now, which is more house and everything. Actually, it's a it's a broad range of stuff that I do in the electronic world. But I'm so glad I didn't get an EDM hit. So thankful for it. Very so, interesting. So I, I would never think. Sorry, I, I would never think because I always see you as a house DJ, right? I mean, yeah. what I mean, EDM hit meaning more like a 
A big room. A big room record. Big room, right. yeah. That's what it, banger. We didn't say that before. EDM basically means a big room, noisy, the, big record that has build-ups and drops. Thank you. That's basically what EDM yes. means, right? The Which formula that is going to captivate a large room full of EDM people. So that's the definition of EDM to you guys. You would, had, it's, would you agree? Like, is that the right? A lot of low hanging fruit in the production. It's a very juicy drop. You know, it doesn't. You know, yeah. not not as long as a traditional dance record used to be. You know, yeah. some house records. You know, go up to 12, 13 minutes back in it's the day. You know, you got yeah, maybe a five minute song. You know, the yeah. structure is all very all very the same. Yeah. It's a template. Yeah. They did a. There was a YouTube video actually where somebody stacked in Ableton like five Martin Garrix records. <laughs> the fucking waveforms were identical. Yeah. You just changed the sounds, and it was like, "There's your fucking template for EDM," you know. And it was, wow. it was kind of like, I mean, he had a form, you know, he made a lot of money off of that fucking template, but it's still kind of, kind of corny. See, I, I would never think as a house DJ, like what, like at the time when EDM was popping, I would think as a house DJ, it was great for you because it was the opportunity for you to be center stage. Remember, because we we came up together at, yeah. at Tao Group. We were at Tao. We were like, you know, we all did the side room. We did like the restaurant. We did the main room. We opened. We headlined. We did everything. But it was really at that time when EDM was in the forefront. You were getting pushed to the front. You were doing more main rooms. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was like I was like, oh shit, like Lima's getting his shine, and you know. But I really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, but what I really love house yeah. music was like, no, that's yeah. not what works. Where's the Avicii? And I'm like, what? I don't really want to play that soft. It doesn't have enough kicks. It doesn't have enough drums. It 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 wasn't. I w it didn't sit with me. So this is now we're in the conversation of house versus EDM. It yeah. feels a lot fucking different when you hear a house record and you oh, hear and knowing about. how, yeah. like, especially someone like you, who's Jason's spun it for so many years and flavor and house yes. coming out. I mean, he came yes. up like from Miami. Just has this just feeling to it and because we used to play together at jet back in the day man and he used to smash it his just his his taste in house music was second to none it was amazing i i, I will i will say thank you the best house. you're welcome Jason. Yeah, i like yes. this i like this <laughs> those are my flowers <laughs> <laughs> yes i you know it's funny because i've traveled all over the country like and i love new york but i always enjoy the house in miami to me, it's like some of the best. Yeah, it's like it's more light. It's tropical. It like it hits. It's you know what I mean. Spicy. It's just dope. Yeah, it's sexy. A lot of Latin yeah. flavor infused to it. It's which so is sexy. Just adds to you know, that just and it's feeling. It's yeah. especially the hotels. If you go to like the, the pool by the hotel, Amazing. You're like on like ocean, yeah, 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 shazamming everything. Yeah, yeah. What is this dude? Like going to the shore club, you know? You like you just in the in the, by the pool, and then yeah. you're just hearing like all the mixes, and you're just like, yo, what is this? This is yeah, dope. This is dope. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like. Uh, really unsung heroes on you know Miami Beach that are playing those pools that are just nobody knows about them and mm -hmm. really good, really good. Not all of them, but I've I've come across across a couple that I'm like, same thing. Like, who are you? And I'm like, eh, I'm just you know I play here on you know Saturdays and Mondays. I'm like, man, you're excellent. Ah, oh, thanks. And they're kind of shy about it. Like, dude, you're really really good. Mm -hmm. Like, like I've enjoyed these past three hours by the pool and you're just playing cuts that I've never heard before. Amazing. And then, so like now we're on the topic of house versus EDM, and you just you just kind of explained your side of the difference between house versus EDM. I mean, I, I feel like a couple of you guys did already. Like you guys kind of said it already. Like EDM feels a little bit more contrived, and then house is kind of it's just more of a feeling, you know. Versus you following this 
you know, this typical template, right? Predictable mm-hmm. formula. Right. House isn't, isn't really predictable outside of just the four on the floor beat. There's so many different sounds. There's so many different things that are happening in it or can come in and out. You know, so let, let's distinguish it right now. What are recent songs that have come out that are hits that you would consider hits in the past 10 to 15 years that you would consider a house record? And then I kind of want to go into this. I kind of want you guys to help, you know, kind of define some of these subcat subcategories, subgenres of like house from progressive house to future house, tech tribal house, house. Tech, tech house, house. tribal yeah, house. Yeah. I remember when I was coming up. In, t- in the 2000s, there was a club called Pangea in New York. Yeah. And it was all house music. And I DJed the first hip-hop party on a Tuesday. And it was uh, it was hosted by Unique and Kiki, I think. Mm. And um, those guys were known to go to Ibiza. They brought like a European crowd. And this, pa- this club, Pangea, it looked so tropical. It looked like you were in safari when you went in. Yeah, and it was like when you walked in, there was there was people on Congos, like Congos, like just walking around the club, and they wanted me to mix up house. Well, at the time it was split. It was like hip hop DJ and house, mm. and then there was a point they're like, "Yo, the house DJ is not going to make it this week. I need you to play some house." So I had to run to Eight Ball Records, right? H yeah, in New York. <laughs> And I'm looking at all these categories. I remember seeing Tribal House, right? Progressive. I was like looking at everything and I'm just like, and I'm listening to everything. And I'm just like, this sounds good. This sounds kind (laughs) of like what they're playing, you know? And in some of the Tribal House, I'm like, damn, this is too hard. This is like way too hard. This is too heavy. Bongos forever. Yeah, yeah, it was just like, it was just like so super heavy, you know? And then I would go to like Rock and Soul and I would say like, give me some classics, Sumi Sai Sei and all this you know, I, I just started stacking up all this house music because I, I am a hip hop head, you know. Mm-hmm. So I remember at that time just thinking like tribal, all of these subcategories and I was mixing hip hop and house and, and doing it, you know, and it worked somehow. Yeah. You know, at the time and it was it was a very weird time because it was it was like um, new new house was coming out. Like I would say like the Bob Sinclair love generation was yeah. just like coming out and it was changing everything it was like crossing over where we started hearing those records in hip-hop open format rooms yeah and i was like and then they were just they started to become instead of having clubs splitting the house and the hip-hop dj in one room the hip-hop djs were just kind of learning the house and that's when I was like, you know, I was playing Bob Sinclair. I was playing the house. And I became one of the first dudes in New York that was like, yeah, Crook can, can play house and hip hop. So let's just pay for him instead of paying for another hmm. another DJ. So instead of <laughs> paying this dude, like, you know, instead of paying Crook at 600 and the house dude 600, we'll give Crook at 800. Yeah. And he'll do the whole fucking And that was never <laughs> I, I, I kind of went through the same thing in the Hamptons right. with never, Eddie. Yeah. Because me and Eddie used to do the Hamptons together. I used to do the hip hop. I started enough for hip hop. And then he'd do the rest of the night of house. Half and half. But then when Eddie moved to Vegas, they was like, oh, can Dick never could do house and hip hop? They wasn't sure. And they brought out a DJ. And they realized he couldn't. I'm not going to say who it was. <laughs> <laughs> and they realized... Uh, well, we just let never do it. So, of course, Eddie helped me out with the house music. Right. And I, was, I did the whole night by myself. I did house and hip-hop and mixed it up. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that whole story. I mean, there's so much to, to where we started, like, in the Hamptons. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I've said this on the pod before. Like, I, I would not have had the formula to lock down my 
first residency at Light in Vegas if I had not been working with Neva all those summers in the Hamptons. Hearing him play Back in Black. I mean, this is 98, 99. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Miss You, Back in Black, Sweet Home Alabama type stuff. All this, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I never, like, you know, heard Stretch do it here and there, but I, I, I got firsthand weekly to see how what else I could incorporate into so this. It's like 120 BPM plus. Everything that was 120 plus. Was what? what? BPM. Like you're, you're saying he was incorporating he, so things that are 120 BPM. Never would do like 10 plus. to 1. It would be like some classics, some rock, and hip hop. Mostly what a I lot mean of hip hop. Some of the rock that you were playing was 100 BPM. No, 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 no. Back really. in Black. No. 90s. Another One Bites the Dust. Yeah, back like in 90, Black. 90 to 100, you know? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And... Uh, you know, because when I, I, I submitted a, a demo to Andy Massey and it was all house and it was like a, inspired by what I would play at, at Jet East. And he's like, yeah, you know, I was digging it. But uh, what else do you play? I said, at, in the Hamptons? I don't. I, that's all I play. I said, we have two DJs tonight. I said, but that's kind of my style. And time went on. They gave me a shot and I knew what he wanted, what he was expecting musically and i was like okay i gotta incorporate i gotta be a hybrid of myself and never drawing a lot of inspiration from his selections from back in the hamptons and i got and i got the gig so there was a lot of and, a I lot mean, of you know interchange um, interchange and, and, and vice versa and with me with house music like i was clueless until i met eddie and he was at the time he was working at beyond bass yeah which was a record store in manhattan and he, I went to the record shop and I'm like, Eddie, I need to get the 10 hottest house songs that's, <laughs> that's out right now. And sure enough, for some reason, those are like the biggest house records of all time. <laughs> M- music sounds better for you. Yeah. Um, Kings, Kings of um, Tomorrow, Tomorrow finally. finally. Mojo Lady. Finally. Mojo Lady, oh, yeah. Van Helden, you don't know me. Exactly. Uh, what else? Sing it back. Sing that's it back, like the man. perfect era yeah. of house music to me. Yeah, to think that all, all those came out right around that same time. And he, I think King, the later, um, the, the latest Madison, was like Madison, Madison Avenue, yeah, Don't Madison, Call Me Baby, <laughs> fucking, even like Pete Heller, Big Love yeah, around exactly. there. Yep. Those are all songs you can mm-hmm. still hear and love mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Still. Whereas yeah. all the stuff that happened from that EDM era, I don't want to hear any, barely any <laughs> of that shit. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you don't really hear it? No, you Only don't a few. I'm not saying it's all terrible, but you know, having lived through that, yeah. The like, majority you, of that doesn't get played. It doesn't get played. It just shows you that when you have a groove, when you have something funky, yeah. soulful, when you have something that feels like a song. Soothing. Like, you soothing know, to your that's ears. what you want to hear for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Stuff that blows up because it's super noisy or super, you know, extreme sounds and extreme drops and all that shit. It's just like... You're getting hit with tidal waves of stuff. It was like... like yeah. And is there a parallel? Do you think that there's a parallel between hip hop and house with whether or not the song or the production is sample based, you know, because mm. now a lot of those records that never meant, mentioned, okay, you know, yeah. you don't know me, is Carrie Lucas Dance With Me, yeah, they're Mojo, all yeah. Super Bowl One, they're all, yeah. Yeah. They're all sample based, mm-hmm. yeah. fucking Pete Heller, try, um, you know, Stargard, you know, yeah. uh, uh-huh. you know, um, and that's that's kind of a reference back as we to those '70s era stuff because a lot of those right. things are sampling disco, Sheik, uh, yeah, live yeah, instrumentals and stuff. And sh- yeah, so that's kind of that just points you back earlier on the tree of, of Spiller Groove Jet was another one. Yeah, the, that yeah exactly. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. Stardust was uh, Shaka yeah. Khan. Shaka Khan. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say that um, when you brought up about being like a hip hop and house DJ together, it kind of reminded me how out here in Vegas that whole thing played out. The 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 way that the biggest house and electronic artists would play in this tiny room in the back. This was one, you know, for a period of time, and the hip hop would be the main room. So the house would be. I'm thinking of, you know, most early 2000s. Jet right? too. Jet. I'm Jet. thinking of Jet right now. We had in in 3400. Like we had Dead Mouse in a room that holds 
100 110 100 people, people maybe? yeah crystal method cascade we're all coming to a room exactly fucking uh, eddie do you was, remember the time which mastercraft you remember what's a music swung. conference yeah when we on um, dj for light group yeah and um yes. we did mint perfect and, um, example what was it who was it um it, it, it Paul was Paul Paul right? he wanted to jump no, out no p town p town yeah p town yeah he was supposed to do the main room right and and Oakenfold did hit them up because he wanted to play as well yeah and yeah, and, and we were gonna do the small room, the hip hop in the small room, but then when we got there, they was like, you know what? Never, you're gonna do the big room. <laughs> Peter Tom, you're gonna do Yo, the small room. I forgot and, about that. Like, during WMC, during WMC, yeah. WMC, right? Like 2003. Crazy, yeah. 2003. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So th- this is this is this is interesting because yeah. this is this is the time in the during the 90s, hip hop was in the small rooms, right? Yeah, like a library or whatever the yeah. fuck you want to call it. You know, then it came like out, it switched, and, and then it switched yeah. back. It keeps it switch. It, it the keeps, rotates it keeps like rotating. It, it keeps rotating. <laughs> yeah, in the nineties, yeah, exactly. in the nineties, you had hip hop in the small room, house in the big room, and right. in the two thousands, yeah. like the mashup era started coming up. Yes, and then hip hop went into the big rooms. And house went into small rooms, right? And, and then, then AM passed away, and then house came back into the big the room. 2010. Yeah, yeah. house yeah. came back to the to the big room. Hip hop went to the small room, right? Mm-hmm. And then kind of around 2015, mm-hmm. it was kind of like in the middle. Yeah. That's right. It was like that's right. There was yeah. a segregation now. Like where, you, you, you know, know what I mean? have to part ways. Like <laughs> all that, all those billions of dollars that EDM generated. It's yeah. like okay, but it's it doesn't hit the same. But people are like. We hate to see it go, but it's like, but what do we do? Be said, like, but it should be said that there were like a number of quote unquote EDM guys yeah. who would play everything, you know, namely Chucky, Di- yeah. D- Chucky Diplo, Skrillex. Um, who I else? did it well. And Afrojack yeah, Afro, to a certain Afro, extent. Jack, yeah. you know, who, who, like, who were they, like real DJs. Real fucking guys who were real DJs who would literally just take any tempo, just like every DJ here does, yeah. and make it part of their set. Whereas you could always tell the difference. When, you know, during my time at the Wynn, when a DJ would come in and was literally had no, no, no original creativity, no plan, yet they wanted four CDJs, they had all this, <laughs> their, their, their writer was a million things, they had to have the, the monitors, a, cer- only. a certain kind of monitor had to be in a certain exact place, and like everything was crazy, and then they come in and they wouldn't do anything. They would just yeah play. use two they, CDJs. They would pop the thing in there, the you know? pre-recorded mix. Not quite, but it would just be like they 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 definitely the had their night planned out the without any creativity, no reacting to the crowd, no interact. You know, and and then the guys like Skrillex, to his credit, will come around and he's bringing in the doors and all this Hell other yeah. crazy shit. And you know, I remember he knocked everybody. So he did an essential mix that came out, and it was like it, it like it, it it caught fire pretty rapid. He pretty was playing hip hop, so and good. I, like Afrojack at that time, if you remember, was producing hip hop. Mm-hmm. So there was like a lot. There was definitely those guys that were even on the high end that were straddling, but more often it fell on the. Lima's and Mighty Mai and Eddie and Neva mm-hmm. to be that guy that tries to bring it all together. Like what ended up happening is it was up to the the resident. I'm sure you've talked about this on the podcast many times of the resident. Not enough, not enough. Yes. Yeah, to right. read to read the room and to be able to basically play both and be able to read the room and be able to let the open up for the other guy just the right way, basically. Right. Like you yeah. had this big guy coming in, whoever it was, and you wanted to, they really, these clubs for most of that time, in my opinion, of the, the, the EDM era, which I think is like 2009 or 10 to like 2015 or 16, around that time, mm-hmm. I think it was the local guys that really held it together because mm-hmm. a lot of times these big guys, you know, of course, over time, 
the cream rose to the top, but there were a lot of them that were paid a lot of money and they would push the crowd away. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. they would pay them no love. six figures and the guy would come in and they would be pushing people away. Yeah, and the savior they, of the night is the, the, the local guy, guy comes guy in making yeah. 500, bucks, <laughs> 500 bucks or something. And he's like going to save the night because he, he understands how to balance all those factors. Right. You know? It used to be funny though because they'd be like, and, and to use Milo as an example too, because, you know, I mean, just a killer DJ all the way around would be like, okay play hip-hop but then when it gets to the point when calvin might be walking in they didn't want to have him walking in and thinking that he's playing at a hip-hop club it's like okay he's uh he's walking over now switch to switch to edm yeah, or then, something he like would play, then he would play like a acapella over a beat or something he'd be able to transition yeah. up that was having those tools also yep. as a dj to be able to transition into house or into electronic from you know from hip from a hip-hop tempo yeah. you know it, it's funny because like I've always wondered who created the term EDM and where it came from because it reminds me so much of like open format where it's this term that didn't <laughs> come from any culture. Yeah. It, but it's like it's not like it came from any culture. Just open. It came from like a boardroom or some uh, yeah. like you know to. like well, some marketing right like some marketing. Yeah. Like Robert Silliman. You know? Like I'm, I think he was a, he was a key figure in that in the inception. Robert Silliman. What was that company? Oh, um, STK or something or S S S F X S F X. like a billion dollars. He ends up right, but I think he like again there was a lot of marketing behind. that. he killed himself? No, he got sick. Right, he passed. I think what happened. Well, I don't know about that. He but yeah, it was a bust. He basically rolled up all these companies into a big company and then ended up going bankrupt or something i i, I yeah, have to check some, the, wait how did he create it I, I don't know if he created but I, at the inception or the creation of this what i think is just a fucking a marketing term like i said or, before like i think it was i think it was something used to make the term electronic music more approachable to the masses and package this whole new thing up fucking short shelf life cookie cutter kind of you know arrangements and just low-hanging fruit as far as like what people are going to want to pump their fists to. But I know his name was a definitely buzzing around a lot at the at the kind of in that 2008 2009 mm -hmm. time. You know whether I don't whether it came from him directly, but I, I think a lot of stuff in his world were might have been I, responsible. I was wondering if EDM emerged because there were like these. It started with these. There were these young producers, up and coming producers. And they were making all this, you know, they were in their bedroom. They're like studio rats making all of this music. Crack of Ableton. They, they, yeah. <laughs> the Ableton crack. And, yeah, and then um, they had no experience DJing, yeah. but they were these studio rats. They were these nerds, electronic music nerds. And they're making all this music. And they were kind of like, you know, selling it to some of the bigger DJs. Yeah. And who were kind of gatekeeping. Yeah. And I, I, I was talking to somebody and I was wondering... If EDM was also used to help some of these like non-experienced producers kind of come to the forefront and go past some of these gatekeeping house DJs and house promoters to go around the whole thing. Majority of those guys gave up, honestly, because uh, though. So what happened was around that time when the EDM boom was, you know, really starting to heat up. Yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those kids that were producing those records, well, ghost producing for the bigger producers, mm -hmm. they were fresh out of school at, I forget, get some, some, some super uh, like, expensive uh, music yeah, school. Yeah. yeah. But every, almost every one of those kids were, uh, end up becoming a ghost producer for some. Was it like Dubspot or something like that? I, I, I forget some of these schools, man. Yeah, yeah but it was a music school overseas. And every one of those guys, they would either, the only one that was different was Martin Garrix. That was the only one. 
outside of that, most of those guys were ghost producing. For you the you, you link with Scooter Braun and that whole team. I mean, you're going to make it no matter what the, <laughs> who the fuck is standing in your but way, I, though. I, I remember think. Avicii, was, whole, Avicii yeah. was like a ghost producer for Tiesto. Yeah. And he yeah. was like a roadie for Tiesto. Yeah. And then he finally kind of came to the front. He did a little bootleg um, uh, Beastie Boys shit. Yeah. Time to get ill. What's the time? With this acid, like this 303 line. Uh, and actually, that, that I, actually not, and I'm not trying to name drop, but that I, the ironic thing, I got it from Tiesto because he played it, and I'm, and I'm like, what? Did, and I used to call Avicii Avasil because it was like mislabeled. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, motherfucker, Avasil is no joke, man. This record's kind of banging. And uh, oh no, actually, and I think what he would say, he did a bootleg remix. I, I think Kerncraft 400, the Zombie Nation record yeah. or something like that. I mm-hmm. think that was what kind of. Got his attention. Got the attention of some of the big guys like. So this day, like his his uh, my feelings for you. Yeah, and also yeah. that bingo players, um, that really soulful one when they sample. Cry, 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 just a little. Those two are like my favorite EDM songs, oh, but nothing else sounds like yeah. that. Yeah. They're both sample based. They kind of fall yeah. more into the bucket of what. Although we're I will about. say, they, Cassius's uh, yeah. the Cassius use uh, of what was that record from the early two thousands? Calling me. Eric Price, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, with the it's Steve Winwood. Yeah. I just watched this whole documentary about this, this. This everyone knows the story of that record, but it actually is more layers than you even think to the the complex history of that mashup. That was, a, it was DJ a Falcon, yeah. DJ Falcon, and Thomas Bangalter, yeah. right? That actually invented that mix and edit, yeah. And then like about eight different people made versions of it, and then Eric Prids came in and bought someone else's version and then improved on it but wow. to retrace the whole story and now he just doesn't want anything he to hates do with it, it. right yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of he weird he does he doesn't want yeah. people I, to I could definitely it. hear that i mean you hear that dj falcon in there it's i mean that was the that that, yeah. that filter you just filter yeah. that sample and then like they did like so much love to give i got so oh, much love to give it's the yeah, same format same, same fucking shit there's a mix there's yeah, a mixtape on the internet that you can where you can hear the you can hear the original playing There's a mixtape on the internet on and YouTube where you can hear that part where you actually, for the first time, they played in public, and it's yeah. like, it's like a tape of not a mixtape, it's a live set. It's a live, okay. yeah. It's a recording of a live set. Yeah, you can hear they the had first. a couple of different sets that they did, and they were getting like offers to like release it on labels and shit, and they were just like, right. no, it's just it's just a just an edit, it's just an idea, right? And they left it, and that's when people started jacking the idea. Wow, you're like, well, if you're not going to do it, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's wow. crazy that he hates that song. He gets really upset when people request it. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen people with their phones like next to him and he's like... Yeah. Because the style he plays is so different from that. Yeah. It's, it's like such completely a bizarre different. thing. He submerged into like a, you know, a dark... He's a so dark, dope, right? man. He's so dope and he just has never like had these impactful shows. He, he doesn't Ve- do well in Vegas. I mean, he never, you know, he didn't do no, no disrespect we, to him. No, none at all. He's he, he's amazing artist, but he doesn't do well here. Every one of his offshoots and little side projects, every name he goes under, his production, I mean, he's the total package. Uh, but I don't know what the fuck it was. I've seen him kill it at Marquee a couple and times. Draw, and oh, yeah. draw? I've like seen him package. at the daytime. And one time he played at the day club, and he played until it was nighttime. Wow. He played until about 8 p.m.? It was, yeah, it was he's, pretty he's amazing. Right. He's amazing. But I've also seen him like, you know, it, got, it, it felt to the uh, to the untrained ear, it felt trancy. Yeah. 
There's no vocals. Plus, he, play, he plays for like a long period of time before you hear the first vocal. Gotta have that. <laughs> and that candy, was that man. was kind of a kind of what I meant by D, not only him because a lot of people, but not looking at the room and trying because when you're in Vegas, you know you're playing choruses and shouts and blah blah. You're keeping the action going all the then time. Then Don Johnson you know? comes in and requests need- "Living on a Prayer." This motherfucker. Joe oh, Lowe is there popping bottles? Oh. You gotta keep him happy. Joe Lowe. We don't say the Jane. We don't say the Jane. Name. Uh, <laughs> he can't get me. He's hiding. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird. I mean, and I mean, not to get on this Eric Prids kind of tangent, but the, it, it surprised me even more because in the beginning, the word was, and which was a fact, is that he wouldn't fly. You know, so it was hard to even get to see this guy who you know was making these hits, and then he did also, even with the proper education with the Pink Floyd, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. fucking Roger Waters, or I don't know if it was David Gilmore or Roger Waters, or collectively. They cleared that shit, which was that that was big news in the in the dance music. Huge record. It was a huge record. Yeah. I remember that shit. Yeah, that was wild. When word got out that they co-signed it and they gave him full you that, know. that whole era, like free, what was his name? Free Legrand? Fetty yeah. Legrand. Fetty Legrand. Fetty. Yeah. Put I your mean, hands up for Detroit. Fetty Legrand. Let was, me think about it. It's crazy. It, yeah. That whole era was yeah, insane. Man. And then that's all EDM to you guys. Or no? Mm. Ah, no, I don't think so. This, this predates EDM. Well, no, no, sure. it's uh, well, Fetty was like two thousand. That's two thousand six. Yeah, in, in Vegas. So though, you, you Fetty Legrand, you would consider that electro? I would say more electro yeah, than EDM. Yeah. I it's think. Electro. I think you know it, it was it, chunky. It, it, it was chunky. Yeah, it's chunky. It was. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then, what do you call it? So then, towards the late two thousands. Into the 2010s, EDM emerged. Say 2008, 2009. 2008, yeah. 2009, EDM emerges. So I, I still want to know what's the first EDM song that, that just kind I, of changed. I, I mean, as far as like on radio because hits or like in, to me, in I don't electronic think, music. I think EDM still exists in Vegas, right? Yeah. Obviously because it won't go away because the big room EDM sound is so synonymous with yeah. the cryo Production. confetti. That's true. all these it's every, were built every, yeah, around that comes EDM into town. It's, it's experience. experience yeah. So it's like it's this, it's a part of like the opening show at twelve thirty a.m. Yeah. when you know, especially working at any Taugu property, twelve thirty a.m. We gotta hit them with something. Yeah. Even I, I could I can even I can't even imagine. Maybe ten years from now, they're still gonna want that big EDM build up track yeah. that just explodes, and then you know. These girls in like you know in uh, tra- <laughs> doing the trapeze come out yeah. and then like someone and then like cryo pops out and confetti pops yeah, out flags and then it's, it's some yeah. mindless song it doesn't even have to be a song that anyone recognizes right it right. just has the energy to, it has yeah. to have like little John's voice in the shots, background somehow shots. right <laughs> like we turn it up we yeah. turn it it is true turn it up it's part of being a DJ it's part of when you're playing a big room you have to give them what they want and that's but you see how that genre affected I disagree I like that you disagree too that's good I disagree that is a big disservice to the whole room right it's uh you're raping people's ears And it's the most, uh, you're, you're undermining people's tastes and it could be, they could be in the middle of enjoying something like talking to a girl or just having a moment with their friends Yeah. and all these mindless sounds and drops are not necessary. It's a beautiful show. It's a beautiful nightclub. 
the music the music should speak for itself to, to some some extent. If you want to get on the mic and you want to hype it up, that's fine. But all these mindless sounds and drops and it's so predictable. It's but so it, but predictable. it's the formula. It it's, isn't though. It's it's the formula for Vegas right now for a big room. If you want to say if that's what you are, if you're yeah. that, if you're that, it, it's not what I would. No, no, no. I'm not, saying if, you know. if that's the DJ you want to be, yeah, if you want to be that predictable, right. then That is who you are. But I, I've literally like it's if, more impactful when it's quiet and everyone's paying attention. I mean, you gotta understand. Like, I'm in the main room. They're like, okay, we're gonna do this big countdown where like this, the chandelier comes down. Yeah. It's a flying saucer, and it, it like you know, it, it, people. It's like attacking the crowd, and they and then it's like I have to follow this shit, you know. Yeah. And it's like they need the EDM, they need like all of this dramatic, you know, okay. uh, breakdown and build up. I okay, you know, there is music that could do yeah, that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like all these like other like. You're saying it, do, it doesn't, doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be mm. that. It could yeah. be a beautiful like. Listen, a lot. I saw, and I'm not gonna say this how this works all the time but yeah, yeah the first time i saw black coffee at hakasan was like about maybe a year ago on fourth july his intro alone and i'm not i mean i'm not saying it works i'm not saying it works mm-hmm. at all these clubs but the, his intro alone made me believe that that could hypnotize a crowd was, it, was what, what did he play is one of his hits it was nope it wasn't even a hit. intro. Huh? It was an intro. It was it was like an ambiance. It sounded like had like a lot of like I don't know like African. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say African. It had like an ambiance to it. It was like I don't know if they're like animals or something. I'm, I'm not kidding, man. It was very like I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck it up by saying Rainforest <laughs> Cafe, but something like that. Oh, where you really? walk in, you hear like water. It was like <laughs> you felt like you were transported. Rain, so it was like I, I was hypnot- the rainforest. I was <laughs> hypnotized by the sounds that were coming out of his intro, where everyone stopped and was like, "What is happening?" Mm-hmm. And it went on for about five minutes. And when he finally struck that first house kick, oh, yeah, dude, just it reset, was, just reset the whole. Room it and- was hypnotic. I was like, okay, I, I was judging this guy, thinking that he was. Just this guy that came out of South Africa that was just going to be the one guy that comes out of... It was hypnotic, man. It's everything that I've ever wanted when I go out for house music, mm-hmm. which is take me on a ride. I trust you. I f- I'm going to follow you, mm-hmm. but just keep me keep me here. And he kept me there, man. I was there till wow. four in the morning. But I'm saying that intro, can, that type of things can be done with open format. It could be done with big room. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't have to be like the Little John doesn't, nothing against Little John, but it doesn't have to be that predictable. But these DJs but not are brainwashed. Out, right. They're, they're not brainwashed put, and they're afraid of their jobs. So yeah. they're going to take, do. Take a chance. They're going to repeat the formula that they know because that's the problem when I'm talking about EDM. It's not going to go anywhere right now because all the DJs that I hear in Vegas, I love them. They're so talented, but they're not doing them they're just playing follow they're, the leader they're literally doing an imitation of what they think a headlining dj should do mm-hmm. but it's something from like 2015 right. or something 14 it's so dated care. maybe they don't care. but it's not their fault it's it's it, it, it's it's a balance it's it's one of those things that like when when i when i headline at any big room they're like yeah. do you need an intro i'm like no i don't want an intro i don't want that i just want to I just want just get me on and just I'm gonna build the room and bring mm. it up. If the opener already has it up, I'm gonna try to bring it up. But then I, at some point, I gotta bring it down again and then bring it up. Reset it. Right. But you know, with the production, but with the production, you could have a cool 
intro for yourself for the production. If you let's say you're playing Hakkasan, they have a giant production. Yeah. You should say, okay, what is the coolest thing I could do for but the, Crooked? Mm. But the, the thing is, they're not gonna they're not gonna cater to me and be like, that's the one thing I don't like. Have you have you tried? I, I if you're headlining the problem, Hakkasan, the next time you get in a big room yeah. and say, okay, this is Crooked's night. Crooked should have you should take two weeks and think about what you want mm. people to feel. When you come on, not I, just I, like I oh, this, not like give them part of this. Not like you merge. I think it's that's amazing. great advice. It's, I, I it's like amazing. What, but it's great you're, advice. you're creating the first template of a movie right. theater. You've been sitting in a movie theater watching all these previews to different movie. Now it's your movie. Right. What's your template? Right. My, what is the intro? What's you going to draw them into? What is it? I'm, I'm, you shouldn't. You shouldn't yeah. just merge into the fabric of what's already been going on. You should. Oh, I'm not. It, yeah, yeah. I'm, but I'm, you should be like. The this anti- is my the beginning of my movie. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting what he says because I think yeah. the 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 EDM um, era. You see how clubs have been like not just Vegas all over the place. The footprint and the layout of these clubs changed to accommodate EDM music. Oh yeah. Jason talks about all the all the production stuff, whether it's you know cryo and this and that. But now the clubs are in an amphitheater, kind of half circle, half yeah. circle around the DJ booth, all eyes on it. Right. But now, so what Jason's saying now, you, you, how do you implement these amazing pieces of production? Because now the EDM stuff, although it still exists, there's open format rules again, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like seeing these rooms that were built for EDM accommodate open format, how we can get creative as DJs with sure. these rooms that have been built for a, a whole different era, you know, a whole uh, different, you know, genre. And of especially music. because the way tempos are getting more slower now and, and more groove, you know, like that black coffee as an example. And that's why I was kind of curious your take because um, I, I'm in the background music business. I do music for a company called, my company is called Playback Prodigy. Um, we do music for all the casinos, a lot of restaurants all over the country, all around the world. And a lot of people, for example, ask for deep house. That's a phrase that I hear a lot from restaurant owners. No one knows what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> that's okay. It just sounds like tranquil house. It's just that's like, right? what they mean by like, that's like a, a buzzword. The soul is yeah. You guys, as, as DJs, I'm sure you get that too. Like, oh, play deep house, you know. And I'm just curious, uh, first, kind of along the lines of what you're asking, is like, how do you define Deep House? But also, how does the black coffee sound fit into that, if, if at all? And then finally, do you think the, um, the feeling that all these, the tempo's kind of moving towards like a funkier type of groove in, in house music and, a, in a, and not noisy, you know, the opposite of noisy. Do you think that will catch on enough that it will f- kick the... EDM stuff to the side and become like the sound that people want to hear at the peak of the night. No. It, okay. So it's maybe, I don't know. Just because right now I feel like we're too, too early to give an opinion because music is still changing. Like a lot of, a lot of the house music, especially a lot of the popular stuff. Uh, it isn't 128 BPM. It isn't 130. It's all 124. Right. It's all 122. Exactly. We've, in this era, as far as like, you know, electronic music in this generation, we haven't been there before. And that's kind of spreading to to pop music, too. That's, that's what spre- I mean with the Drake over. and all that. Right. Like, it seems like the sound is shifting now towards this 120, like, sort of sound. And 
that's a good thing. Yeah. I think it's great for music and creativity. It's also becoming sample based again. Right. Because yeah. you're hearing like this emergence of like tech house and like sampling yeah. of old 90s, 2000s oh, R&B, R&B songs. records. People yeah, want to get high yeah. and they want to get drunk and they want to fuck. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they come here for. That music doesn't work in those big rooms to get just high and to get fu- to fuck and to chase pussy. It just, it doesn't really move all the pussy. It doesn't. Which one doesn't? Deep house. Like Deep just house. really like 120 house, 122, just really groovy no. Do house. you think that now with the, with Beyonce, the Beyonce no, and Drake behind it would put, take it to that level no. and, and bridge might, that gap? Might for some records, you could probably play those records, but I don't think it's going to take over a night in a lot of clubs in Vegas. It's, but you, you're going to wait on a remix. That's what it is. Is that when all that, that Drake shit came out and uh, Beyonce, I was like, all right. This is dope. Where's the remix? Where's the remix? Because <laughs> the remix is going to be effective for the rooms that we're playing. I think what in, I'm you know? saying is like, I don't think house, like groovy house is going to take over the big room rooms. I'm not saying the big rooms are going to stay. The big room sound is going to stay, but I don't think there's going to be a- It's going to take over an entire night. An entire night. Not in, it might in one venue, but I'm not, I don't think there's going to be several venues competing all the time for this really groovy. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I would even say in Ibiza, like they're not all competing for that same sound either. There's just like a few of them, and there's a lot of corny ass music there too. There's a lot of EDM still there too. Paris Hilton mm-hmm. signed a residency there. I mean, if that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that says everything. Yeah. There's, there's particular parties. I mean, there's the, the island is doing cool stuff, but there's a lot of corny stuff too. And there's a split. There's yeah. parts of the island that are known to be corny. Like, you don't want to go there. That's where the corny stuff happens. That's what the the mixed bag of hip hop and R&B and whatever goes off and, you know, Europe gets played. But... To, to say that the whole, let's say for Las Vegas Strip, that multiple venues for a long period of time are going to be fighting to play groovy house or just a lower tempo house that's all, I don't think it gets the pussy juices going that's for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you go for the biggest names uh, ever. Like, you know, it's like disclosure will get them there, you know, but anybody under like the obvious yeah. in, in that genre, yeah. I think it would in be this a hard city, sell. In, in this city. Yeah, in this city. Yeah, yeah. This, Fair this, point. Definitely. People are just, they're flying, man. They want to party. They want to, they want to, they just come here to like let go and sometimes they're not that deep to let go like the way we would like them to in those rooms. Those mm-hmm. rooms, you want to like be submerged in that sound and not everyone is that open. Right. Do you do you kind of, I, sometimes I do this and I don't know if I'm wrong for doing this, but I also look at the EDM era as the era that normalized like non-DJs or the act of not DJing. Hmm. And where yep. all these con artists could kind of the sync emerge. button was born out of the EDM generation, wasn't it? <laughs> huh? Wasn't the sync button born out of the, the EDM the, generation? Yeah, the, the Ableton mix, the yeah. um, the the premix, yeah. like that all emerged because it was like this. E- the EDM was like a gold rush, correct? For any like yeah. young, good looking. Uh, like white person, like you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? It was just yeah, like if you're young and good looking, you could just make an EDM. You could hire someone to make an EDM song, hire them to make a premix, and you just had to kind of know what you look like you're doing. And then it was like this con artist phase. It was, and yeah. Everyone was just like, yo, like 
let's book them let's book her like oh twins like all oh, this or like this and like oh there's two of them it was like the emergence of <laughs> like two DJs have you ever seen triplets I want to see triplets <laughs> I was just thought about that I've never <laughs> seen triplets not yet <laughs> and also let's not forget that the the amazing fucking stopwatch or the countdown clock oh, was born out of that fucking generation oh my god those pathetic oh, guys oh my like god. I think Porter certain... Robinson was the first I've seen and I was like I'm, I'm sorry I mean I can get it in a festival where everything is kind of structured and yeah. you have to you know stay the run of show has to remain tight but motherfucker, these guys are coming in. You're fucking like 21 years old. If that. There was t- there was guys that we had to clear all the alcohol out of the fucking DJ booth. I mean, That's nice right. guys. I, and nothing against them. It That's is true. what it is. It's the law. Danny Avila. Or Danny Avila. I don't know how you... Yeah. And, Madion, uh, Madion. You know, and he was Madion. 17. Madion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay... When he gets in, he has a security escort. We have to remove all the DJ, all the alcohol out of the booth. And this kid comes on and jumps around for 90 minutes, not a second later, not a second Yeah, more. they used to have... He's talking yeah. about when DJ... It, it was extremely annoying to see a DJ would have a, a countdown clock. What do you mean used posted, to be? It posted still next to... Oh, okay, still do it. That yeah. shit. I would, yeah, post it. I mean, can you imagine the... It's just so against the art of DJing. Yeah. It's right. so anti what a DJ is. I don't care is. what you're feeling. I don't care what the, what I don't the mood care is. When the, the time's the room, up, it's fucking up. Right. I, right. <laughs> My time is so precious that I can't... I have to clock myself to make measure it. It's so... Yeah. Here's an idea. I want to see, see a fucking magician. I want to see some motherfucker disappear on stage <laughs> and end up like like levitating over the crowd. I've seen I want to see some DJ cool shit. Chris man. disappear. Like Chris Angel, like levitating yeah, above. Yeah, man, just walk over yeah. the crowd. As if EDM could get douchier. Let's get Imagine Chris that's Angel that's in the mix. That's the douchiest uh, imaginable thing. Chris Angel spinning EDM. Oh, levitating. there's no more douchey. I'm that surprised he didn't do it. Again. There's none more douchey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like I have so I feel like this this EDM era right that we had in the 2010s I kind of feel like it's re-emerging again slowly um, well, I've in, been noticing it a little the, bit more I was going to say this is a sort of related topic a little bit off topic but basically EDM and uh, something I've noticed I've been looking at for years is that when music turns up tempo, it often coincides with a downswing in the economy. This is going to sound kind of a crazy, <laughs> oh, but hear wow, me out. Hear wow. me out. I'll, I'll keep this it. This is really, deep. This is really deep. I'll keep it very quick. I don't want to get too boring here. No, but basically, no, no. it's super interesting. If, if, if you think about when we're talking about the first phase was 2009. That was right Economic after. Economic crash. Job, job market crash. Right. I got laid off that year and I went out every fucking night. But that's exactly. <laughs> so what happened was when the economy crashes... It, you would think that people would be depressed, but what happens is they want to party and they want to escape. Yep. And so tempos get faster, faster. And then what's crazy is in this recent, fi- of course, COVID was like a anomaly, but, but after COVID, they were giving out all this fucking free money. You know, the government right. gave out. And what happened? The tempos turned down to the 70 beat per minute. <laughs> we're going like, back up soon. Like, yeah, you know, like, you know, like kind of like zoning out on drugs, whatever drug numbing. you're doing, numbing yourself. Yeah. And now economy's tanking again. What's happening? You got the Beyonce, you got the Drake, you yeah. got all these. Interesting. The pop music is getting faster and faster. It's, so it's kind of, kind of We used to say like when, when the slow, like the 60 and 70 BPM stuff, I used to say, a lot of us used to say, oh, the best thing about that is you could double time it and make it danceable and, yeah. and you could play it and people could still connect to these songs that they like, but right. we're not going to fucking fall asleep. I wonder if the opposite is happening. Like Beyonce puts an album out, Drake does, and all the trap DJs are like, the best thing about it is you can half time it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but yo, that's crazy that you say that because I have this feeling that it's going back into that era. Yeah, and it, it a couple of things happen. It's just like you see kind of hip hop moving away. It's like hip hop is kind of getting pulled out. Yeah, the music isn't is is not uh, resonating. There isn't any like uh, there isn't any hits that are coming out. No, you know this could be like the worst summer. You say this every year. How bad hip hop? <laughs> we've been, we've been yeah. saying this a second. Yeah. So but is hip hop in an EDM but, phase? But this is it, year, is hip hop in an EDM phase. Right hip hop is in a weird yeah, phase. Kind of with this? like it's more danceable, like Lotto. Big dick energy and all that yeah, kind of but, shit. But it's like, no... I don't want to say those words. Yeah, no. <laughs> you just said it. You just said it. <laughs> Fuck. Why but there's, right no, now? there's no summer Excuse hits in 2022. This is yeah. crazy. Huh? There's like no big hits in 2022 for no, the summer. Not really. Nothing. Hip hop. I mean, there's F and I mean, no, no hip hop summer. I mean, yeah, no I mean, hip hop songs. Glorilla might have the biggest song, but no one really knows it. It's like the biggest hip hop yeah, song. Like, yeah, it's like F and F, like, like like a hood record. Yeah, it's a hood record. It's big, but it's just like it's so it's it's you know women like, women right now are running hip hop. Yeah, there aren't uh, yeah too women, many definitely. men yeah, making definitely. women and Drake. Dope. Yeah, that's women it. and Drake. Yeah. <laughs> and Sade. He's Sade. He's the male Sade. He's the male Sade. Interesting. I've never heard that. Shot Drake. <laughs> you know, related to that, though, about the ED, and one more point about that whole economy thing is that this should be said because I, I, we're, we're bashing EDM. Of course, it's like an easy target, but EDM saved Vegas, dude. Yeah. Mm. EDM did, straight yeah. up and down saved Las Vegas. People need to remember because when the crash happened, anytime a crash happens in the United States, Vegas gets doubly crashed, okay? When the upswing happens, Vegas goes double up. It's like we're like a boomerang on the end of the economy. So when things are going well, it goes great here, but when it's bad, it goes really bad here. Mm -hmm. And the, the real estate crashes, everything crashes. In the midst of that crash, that's when this EDM was born. And all these people came out of the woodwork from mostly California to spend thousands of dollars in these clubs to see all these guys like Geta and Calvin. Where, where was Geta at? I was there. I opened for him. Eddie, that night. This That's is a I famous showed. Eddie story. Yeah, yeah. Oh there. shit! Yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was like the first. That was the first big get a show, and Eddie yeah. opened for him. Okay. And and then later it was he moved over to win. But my point is that you know it was uh, you know you get the point. I want to hear the Eddie story. <laughs> You know the Eddie story. I know. I probably I, said I it think our the, listeners yeah, want to he, hear this story. It was just difficult, man. You know, I mean, in a nutshell, real quick. You know, um, his 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 tour manager, an amazing, really, really, really good guy. So, and I'm sure. And listen, and I've heard a lot of great things about David Guetta from people that worked with him very closely. So now, maybe he's just having now a bad. Now you're going to proceed to shit on him. <laughs> now I will shit on him. Uh, well, okay. So he. <clears throat> Yo, so let, John, let, let, like, I don't want any motherfucker to intro me like I've heard a lot of great things about Crooked. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that he's a great guy. Yeah. Word on the street. But. but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That was a, that was a, that was a, that was the worst experience dealing with a headliner. And I haven't had any really. Everybody's been super cool for the most like, part. And it was right when <laughs> opened. It was yeah. Like, so really New Year's Eve. Oh. We had Tiesto. I, I did both. I opened both nights. So, and he's just always just a, a pleasure. You know, he's a great guy. And um, New Year's Day, we did Geta. So, you know, I'm playing. I find out when I get there, he wants every fucking piece of gear associated with Serato removed from the setup. Like, <laughs> nice. he doesn't even, even if you pull your laptop, he wants the box removed from the, from the chain on the mixer. 
okay, I don't find this out until I get there. He doesn't want to smell it. I he think it was karma. Some, I, I want to say it might have been karma. Somebody bought me like CDRs or something like that. I was able to burn two discs. Okay. So I'm like, okay, when wow. the time is right. And Matty O was doing the sound. And he's like, all right, listen, about a half hour, maybe 20 minutes before he's scheduled to come on. Switch the CDs. I'll pull, we'll pull your laptop. We'll pull the Serato box. I'm okay. All right, bet. You know, it's his night. And I'm, you know, I'm not being yeah, a dick. I'm glad either. I got the CDs so I can accommodate. So now I fast forward a little while. I switch to the CDs and uh, my laptop and the Serato box is completely removed. And I, I burned two CDs with enough music to get me by. Even like if how many, a few how minutes. many songs? Like I would say maybe eight songs on each, okay. on each disc, maybe if that, maybe six to eight songs on each disc. And I'm, I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm now I'm on CDs and all good. Hey, David's going to be uh, 15 minutes late. Okay, I got extra. That's what I do. Hey, David's going to be another 20 minutes late. All right. Hey, David's going to be another 20 minutes late. I'm like, this motherfucker. And then I'm about to like, I'm about to consider playing a song for the second time because I've pretty much, I'm, I'm just about exhausted on what I can do. Also in the booth from his rider was a Pioneer um, FX 500. Okay, remember with the little silver box with the wheel and you had yeah. the little, mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so he shows up and he was super nice. Oh, sorry, I'm late. Da, 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 da. And his imitation is part of the story. Oh, yeah. So sorry, I'm late. Play that up. Yeah. yeah so uh, he, he, he played and really, I mean, it was like, I, Carl, I think Carl Cox was there that night. Wow. Uh, I think Claude Von Stroke was there that night. You know, there was some notable house, house people and electronic notables there. And he was just, you know, just proceeded to play like the fucking LMFAO records, which I guess were big, but I think people were still expecting a little bit more. Right. Like even just play like just a little more love, which was like his first hit mm -hmm. before he kind of exploded. And whatever. So I, I go back was down. Like sexy bitch was hit already? It was probably around that time. No, yeah. that was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get, I make my way back to the booth and... Um, and uh, he's like, oh, I said, I'm here when you need me. I said, David, this is your night. You play as long as you need to play. I said, and I'll be here when you're ready. I couldn't have been any more accommodating or professional with this guy. And um, so he's like, oh, maybe um, one more, two more. And I'm like, okay, cool. So he finishes, and I'll never forget now. Yeah, I, w I forget what he finished on, but I'll never forget the record I played. It was Cedric Gervais and Sharam. They did um, You Don't Even Know Us. It sampled... Um, you, the Armand. You don't know me. But. Yeah, but it was a little darker, a little more chuggy, and that was my first thing. So he leaves me with like a feedback loop. On you know, you could jack the the depth of a of a of of a, of a delay, and yeah. it'll just keep going. And yeah. you could stop all your decks, and that's what he left me with. And I'm like, like I don't care. It was on. It was on beat. I can mix out of this. Mm -hmm. I mix my record. He he comes back to the booth, and he like hits me. He's like, What the fuck are you doing? Are you fucking stupid? I said, Excuse me. <laughs> Why would you do something so fucking stupid? I'm like, David, you say stupid one more time. I'm going to embarrass you worse than your DJ set just did. And then Matty O gets between us and Matty O goes, Eddie, sweat it. He's like, don't sweat it. He's like, you, you had a fucking better party than he did and just go back on and kill it. And I'm fucking heated because I was fucking chugging Jaeger a little earlier too. And I'm like, this motherfucker starts hitting me and calling me stupid. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> what was he angry about? Though? His ego got the best of him because he wants this. Elvis has left the building. He wanted silence. Dead silence. I see. David Guetta is officially off and gone. And now this fucking local peasant goes back on. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, so that's so that's, you mix into how dare you his, mix, I mix into his effects? Into he, his he, effects, and he it's dared fine. To, he dared to match the beat, the tempo of his. 
yeah. his effect on right. the way How out. Dare How dare your record do... touches my record? Yeah. <laughs> okay. well, Crossing swords. I want to know the details. How how long was the effect going on for before you jumped? Long out? enough, bro. Like, like 90 it's seconds? Time, it's time. 90 oh, seconds? Oh, I would say a good 90 seconds. Okay. I would say a good 90 seconds. Funny thing is, and I won't mention this DJ's name. He's a very good friend of mine. I, uh, I get a call the next day. He's like, hey, um, you got any new David Guetta records you could send me? I'm like, who the fuck you been talking to? And he just starts laughing. He's like, dude, let's go to dinner tonight. He's like, I'll share this story. He's like, and I'll tell you my David Guetta story. He's like, I played, they were on the same agency, which was uh, AM only. And, uh, <laughs> and they did an AM only showcase at, at WMC. Yeah. David Guetta played before my buddy. My buddy's just in the booth, not ready. doesn't have a C. He was playing CDs at the time. Doesn't have CDs out. Doesn't have his headphones out. David Guetta just shuts the music. He's like, okay, you go now. They were on the same squad. This is to represent their agency, their management company, everything. And he left this dude in such an awkward position. And he's like, David, are you serious? That's how you're going to, you're not even giving me a heads up? And he just left the booth. And then he's like, the funny thing is, I played before him the next night or later on during that WMC. But I even gave him the courtesy of just saying, hey, David, you got a minute left on this. I'm done. He's like, and you can keep that CD or something like that. He's like, why would you do this? I can't believe you're doing this to me. Why wouldn't you let me know? He's like, fuck off, you know, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, but I mean, listen, but again, like, and I would share that story with people that used to work closely with him and his production team. And like, he's really a sweetheart. I'm like, okay, well, he wasn't that night. Yeah. And nobody should ever do that to another Ego. DJ. Yeah. Ego. Fucking lay it, putting hands on and calling him stupid. Never. Like, That's fuck crazy, you, right? fucking, go <laughs> fucking. I, I, yeah. I heard a story that he actually shut the music off and he got on the mic and he's oh, like, oh, oh he, that's right. That's right. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Shuts it off. Like uh, That was another his, time? Like, that was another time? The, no, same night. I forgot about that part. Yeah. That's right. He did do that. He, he did shut the music turn, off. You have to turn everything back on, like the mixer and everything? No, not, no, not that. But he just made a dead silence, and he announced his departure, and that's it. Did and, he, and honestly, <laughs> if that's did what you Did he do that want, after you or before? Like, after you started? After, this situa after this little interaction, yeah. you know, he did it. He, oh, so he, he like, shut your record off. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think so he did. After, oh. So wait, after he left the, the effect on, yeah. That he wanted to leave on for right, leave it on. Just get the fuck out of the building. And then you and then you mixed your song in into that. And then he said, "Are because you stupid?" You know what? I'm not right? David Guetta. You know what these guys don't understand? <laughs> if if fucking Tiesto was going on after, you want to do that shit? But yeah. I'll get my ass handed to me probably. And uh, it just wasn't cool. It was very unprofessional. So then you and played I, you played your song, and then he said, "What are you stupid?" And then oh he, yeah, he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" And then he I'm shut like, his outro. He interrupted his outro. His fucking echo. And then he and then yeah. he shut off your song, got on the mic and said, hey. like, Thank you everybody. Good night. So, okay. <laughs> now I'm like, we get, get here? Can get I a fucking DJ now? <laughs> fucking jerk off. I'm sorry. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm channeling old Eddie and I don't want to do that. I, I'm trying to be better. I'm enlightened. I'm, enlightened. I'm trying to keep my I, temper I, in check. I didn't, know that, that, I didn't know there was a new hey. Eddie. Come on, Gary. Come on. There definitely is. There definitely is. At least, at least in public. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm, and it's I'm the Pee Wee Eddie. Like, that's the new Eddie. Well, no. I mean, I'm running a company now. I don't want to. I don't want to go yeah. down that road uh, again. <laughs> and and listen, and if that was just an off night for him, I, I don't hurl any hard feelings. I, I hope he's in a better place. 
But that shit, yo, David, don't do that shit, man. That's not fucking cool, man. He's that only was, like, he's only. Was, don't worry, you can go cry on his two hundred million yeah, right. dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try not to lose sleep. Yeah, fucking he's, Moby's doppelganger just fucking interact. Yeah, yeah like he's he actually I had a hair back then, so. <laughs> yeah. Shit. yeah, that was that was fucked. Yeah, that was fucked up though, man. That was a, that was that was a rough. Uh, what a year! Way to start the year. Yeah, happy New Year, happy you New cocksucker. Year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So so I want to go back to this timeline. Are we still in the seventies? Holy fuck! After Funk Boogie, yeah. <laughs> so nineteen seventy nine. D train comes happened? along. Yeah. <laughs> in conclusion, there's an epidemic of R and B ninety samples in dance music. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. 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 Is that what you're gonna say? Or? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really bad. Well, it's that yeah. big one that's, that's starting it. It's the A, the a-, a-, a- craze. A- a- craze one. Do it, do it. There's yeah. an epidemic of, that's what I think the new the kids are calling house or tech house. That's and tech house, yeah. Yeah, and it's become like there's there's just no originality to it. Uh, there is some. That's not, that's not all bad, am I saying? By the way, but it's not, like another call on me template. <laughs> It's yeah. not tech house. That ain't what, tech house, by the way. Well, what, define you know, not, what. Help us house. explain. No, what it's, is, not, it's not the tech house we're used to. What is no. what, what is real tech house? To define it for us, because I'm I've, I've never but, been. But they are clear. calling it tech house. They're calling yeah. that genre yeah. of music, which yeah. is these yes. R and B '90s songs and 2000 songs that are looped and just repeated. Yes. Yeah. And do you think Beatport? They're calling it tech house. Beatport, because they've been the culprit of a lot of mislabeled genres. Like you go to like the new disco section or whatever it is now, or, or you go to the house music section. Some of the shit in these in these yeah. playlists is so far off that I feel, but I feel like people are following the lead of like a Beatport where sort I, of. I don't know who's doing, like Helen Keller is doing their <laughs> fucking, you know, their, uh, their uh, metadata or whatever. So on one hand, Beatport definitely is the culprit of some of that, but also a lot of these kids that are coming up in these, you know, in, in these different scenes, they're, they don't have the proper education. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are thinking, oh, it sounds like that one record I heard this one time, this is what I'm going to do. Or they think, or they thought they invented a fucking genre and that this is what they're going to call it's it. It's an epidemic. Yeah. It's been so bad. But I mean, the A-crate, like the the, 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 thing, the Cherish thing, you know, there was also years ago, like um, not many years ago, I forget who the artist was, They there was a, the Mary J. Blige, let's get it company. Yeah. And that was a big, that was popping on like the underground yeah, I think even it's back like then, a, but now I think it's just but a the, But the big one was... Uh, Diplo had a big With the Diplo. Oh, right? yeah, with the, 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 the J. Sybil or oh, J. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't walk the, away. Don't walk away, yeah. 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 Hmm. And, and that couldn't be farther from. There's nothing tech house. I mean, is that is, are no. people calling that tech house? Because I was like, that's I not even no, no, close. no. But yeah. I think it was the side piece one. Yeah, the, yeah. You, side you, piece you one. stay yeah. on my mind. On my mind. Yes, oh, on my oh mind. shit! That, I think that was no, the first. No, that's a seven oh two. Stilo. Stilo, oh. but it's yeah. side, is it, but isn't the uh, is the, the artist the side, yeah. side piece? Yeah, oh, yeah. Side, side piece. piece. Yeah. Side, yeah, side piece and Diplo. Yeah, side piece and Diplo. I think that's the one that started the whole thing, and then yeah. the craze was just like hey, double. Yeah. It just doubled down on it. Yeah, and then everyone's like, okay, let's just do a bunch of these records because <laughs> we could just go back to all of these R and B songs and loop all of these parts. Yeah, tech, yeah. House, tech, tech house. What I consider tech, or what I was used to tech house was like. It was groovy, but there was like elements of techno, and not, I don't want to say techno, but just like yeah, li- interesting samples. And yeah. they're like, oh, okay, this is kind of quirky. It was like house, but with a quirky tech feel to it. It was fun. It was like it was really, really fun. Can you give me an yeah. example? What is it like a like a a tech house format? B. 
Um, DJ Anna, I love. She does some does some. Yeah, some just I, I couldn't tell you any popular. Even Nick Fanciulli would do a lot of that back in you know years. You know that yeah. was kind of his. It uh, was uh, there's a guy named Koyu. Was it uh, sample based? Not really. No, no, no. Is it, is it how, how about vocals? Like there'd be some. There'd be vocals, but it wasn't to that extent. Minimal vocal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like house, but it was it had it had like a. A techno edge to it, yeah, but it wasn't straight techno, right? So techno would be kind of blocky. Mm-hmm. It would go on for a while, you know, like the intro would be like very blocky, and then it would get to some pattern that would change, and you know, you'd be have you have to be hypnotized by that sound, right? Yeah. And then there was house, which was, you know, it could be groovy or just chunky for on the floor, and then there was just like this one little pocket of music that was housey. It was a house. It had a house groove, but then it had interesting sounds that would go off in the background. That was Tech House. It was like even Steve Angelo before he, you know, joined Sweet House Mafia. He had a lot of good Tech House. Clack, uh, Clack. Oh, I think yeah. it was called. Yeah, he was a beast. <laughs> he, had great- he, he was that. He was the guy. Like that's why I, I loved all those guys. Independent. Like Steve Angelo would be like more the more of an underground Tech mm-hmm. House flavor. Um, Axwell was more the housey and Sebastian and Grosso a yeah. little bit more trancey to his yeah. stuff yeah. and then when they came together from all these different worlds and different sounds mm-hmm. created something that I couldn't stand <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man wait uh, can you guys break down like techno you guys are saying tech house so I, honestly if we could rename this new genre, it would be like loop techno or something, right? Or loop house or something, right? I mean... Because it's all based on loops, isn't it? It's like not, 90s era loops. It's 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 weird because it has different elements. It has more elements in place with with like minimal house a bit. Yeah. But also... What's the other... What's the other... It, Dirt, Dirty Bird was doing it a lot back in like 2016. It was just basically... You know the next phase of of that stuff right because it was like super minimal type of stuff with the baseline and maybe a couple couple of synths here and there they just started adding you know fucking vocals you know r&b vocals to it i mean but, it, to me it's a good warm-up it's a really good warm-up like yeah yeah but it's, is it good, it's really great for warm-up you know no, I, I have no, i'm not yeah I'm not sure. I mean, Vice has one, right? It's like the bump, bump, bump. One. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The B2K? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But is this, but okay, but now generationally speaking, we are now 20 plus years past, like some of those records we spoke about earlier with yeah. the Mojo and the, you know, it's still sample based. I mean, they're just using different elements where right. they would use little guitar grooves or little, mm-hmm. you know, filter the, the, this, filter that. The they're yeah. just, it's still sample based, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't hit the same. But I mean, yeah, but it's still, I mean, is I this mean, just I'm, the new way sample based house sounds? Complaining too much about it because there's some I do like, but. Right. You know, when you go to the well <laughs> too many fucking times and everybody wants to go to that same well and do the same exact thing with it. It's redundant. That, That's know, what it, I mean. When I mean epidemic, meaning like uh, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> it is an epidemic, though. It, it, it is, is an yeah. epidemic. There's like two I, of them I, I every like week. There's, no cr- there, there's like two new ones a every little, week. There just needs a little bit of creativity. People right. need to take some shrooms. Again, mm, take yeah. some shrooms, get lost, listen to your head. And listen I feel like they need a lot more education. So do you think that this is, so that, that, this new formula of something like that is picking up where EDM is leaving off. This is this is the this transit is like with this, this oh, cookie cutter I, see, arrangement. I see that as a bridge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so when I when I when I see like when when Beyonce comes out with uh, Break My Soul and Drake comes out with an album with a bunch of like up tempo house inspired music and then like you have 90s 
uh, R&B being looped and made into like tech house, right? Those are to me are bridges that kind of bond a hip hop room and a house room or an EDM room. Yeah. So I think those are the, the reasons why I think those records are important. You know, and for, G, for well, me as an open format DJ, we haven't talk, spoken about the, the G House stuff either. Oh, and I, I was, mean, or really like Purple Disco Machine and that whole sound. True. Because right. true. Because to me, that's where the, what's interesting now is that basically pop music via Dua Lipa yeah. and The Weeknd to a certain extent are basically doing new disco, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Purple Disco Machine, who I think is a great artist, producer, who, um, you know, we use a lot for our background music is, you know, is, is a great bridge to kind of, it's dance music, it's poppy, it's it's house, your candy, yeah. but it, it, it's very it's mainstream. It's it, it there's a there's a there's a pathway there happening as well. A lot of filters, yeah. yes, yeah, <laughs> sped yeah. up, yeah, and a lot of samples in it too. He uses a lot of he uses a good amount of samples too. Purple Disco. He's a big okay. clock guy too. A no way. One. Yeah. A big what? Does he play here in Vegas? Where, where he does he played, play? He played downtown with Frank Yeah, I seen him in Commonwealth. Yeah. The clock, he was like down to Is the he really? Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you're, you're inspired by this era. I mean, you can hear the the inspirations, whether it's Larry Levin or, you know, Nicky Sian, whatever, that disco era. Your yeah. name is fucking Purple Disco Machine, first of all. But these that era was marathon DJ sets, 10-hour sets. And... Your sound is inspired by it. You have disco in the name, but you're going to put a fucking uh, these, a countdown these kids, timer. These that, kids that, nowadays don't know about that. Marathon fucks me up a little bit. That's it, disappointing. This is, I don't this is, this is you, like a new era for like I've never heard. I've never heard the term. Like never have you heard like these clock DJs. Nah, what are you calling new. them? <laughs> countdown yeah, DJs. No, they, 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 don't put a clock. So they got a clock right and like countdown. Yeah, we just put a genre clock. They do like an hour set or two hours. Two hours. Sometimes ninety minutes. I've seen ninety minutes. in ninety minutes. As soon as ninety minutes is up, it's like I'm done. Yeah, no, they're, they're like they can't yeah. wait. They're like waiting. They're counting it down, and they have they know what record's going to be the last record. So they just wow. It, is it is it because th- that when did that start during the EDM era festival? Oh yeah. fuck yeah. yeah, festival. I could like I said, I could see it in a festival when there's a run of show with yes. multiple DJs. But when you're headlining, and it's and I'm sorry, it, I think it is generational to a certain extent. I've done many nights with Cascade, and he is vibe. Dri- he's a real DJ, real yeah. DJ. Cascade I, is a real he's DJ. done four or five hour sets. Take right. it. He's like, I just want to keep going. No shoes Afro on. No shoes, shoes on. The same <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well, true. Wolfgang Gardner too is another. Yeah. Or, or I think it was or Morgan Page. One of those guys is a big barefoot DJ guy. But yeah. but uh, but you know to uh, to pass a compliment to guys like Afrojack and Chucky too, who same. came more from that EDM era. Yeah. Afrojack has done sound checks that were two hours and had the fucking whole staff rocking. Yeah. Like while they, while they were get, get clean in the club, and then he'd play a four hour set, and he he went against the grain. I think that's how it should be, but like I got to give those guys credit, and yeah. definitely Cascade. And, but and, like and some of these. Piece, Eric Morello. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, he's got that that that. New York, I mean that marathon, marathon DJ, set. and I'm, you know, the Danny Tenuglis of the world man, and mm-hmm. shit like these, that. Yeah. This is what I consider understand. five hours or four hours a marathon set. Yeah. So you know, we, we look forward to like when you're coming up. When I was learning to DJ or to learn to put these records together, I would dream about that. Like I'm right. st- I still get off on it. Like. If I play like any show, I don't want to get off. I want to close for myself. Exactly. I yeah. love it. I'm it's just, the later you get, whoever's still in front of you is oh, fucking with you hard. Right. Like, you know, and now it's like, I know you trust me. I, you're here this late. Now I can spread my wings and leave it a little so more. Much to see you got so my, much to say, right? Yeah. yeah. That's my favorite part of the night is that the, the, the ter- like towards the end, like, you know, when you can just 
test the waters with some different it's, it's funny because like you know you asked me earlier like you know what kind of dj do you want to be do you want to be this guy who does the formula for the club and do all of these things and like i want a dj the from open to close because yeah. there's just so many layers so much you can do like at, at my age and like experience level i just have so many layers like right. I, I talk with ellie escobar so much about this and he's like i hate a two-hour set yeah, I, I never want to do a two-hour set He's like, I want to DJ as long as possible, right. and I want to do from open to close. And I'm like, yo, that's exactly where I'm at in my in the stage of my career. Is like, I don't want to have to G DJ for two hours and be like, <laughs> this is me. Like this, yeah. this this package is right. me. Right. When it's like, I really want people to come in. I want to read them. I want to paint your own picture. I want to paint my own picture. That's there's it. so many things I want to play in the beginning of the night and right. in the end of the night. Right. And it's like, there's so many layers to that and I can't really fit that all into two no. hours. So that's my biggest dilemma right now is that everywhere I go to DJ, they want two hours of Crooked and I'm like, I don't want to go in and be like, hey, can I open and then take take work away from an opener right. and do all of this shit. But it's like, that's that's kind of where I'm at. But I think it's funny you guys are bringing up this, this clock thing because I really think it stemmed from the EDM era. Yeah, definitely. When they yeah. had a when they had a, like a premix or they had like a playlist a playlist yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, these guys that were very prominent and very active in the festival world were contaminating nightclubs with this fucking festival approach to right, uh, right. DJing festival sets or festival sets nightclub sets are nightclub sets there is a journey involved and it's not all just the drops of the production. Well, festival's like, like a one-way. You like should look forward to right. them as a fucking DJ. It's like, because it's two different things entirely. Right. And stop playing festival sets in fucking nightclubs. Right. They're uninspiring. Yes. They're boring. Seriously. And there's no takeaway. I don't remember shit. I don't remember any records that these guys played in the that that I played with in the EDM era. Speak but on I it. remember hearing Rui De Silva touch me President's Day weekend. Carl Cox playing with Danny Teneglia, uh, you know him dropping that and me hearing it at Twilight for the first time. I remember that, and I was on a lot of drugs. <laughs> just, just saying. Well, the other side, the other side of that, the other side of that issue, what you're saying about the two-hour set is, and right. I think about this a lot because you know, over the years of booking DJs here, one of the things that happens is if you're stuck, if you're forced, because it's still basically the case where you are forced into that two-hour block or four-hour block or whatever it may be. I always tell people, come out the gate swinging, man. Like, don't hold back. Like, you're you're going on at midnight. The, the party started out in fourth gear, okay? Like, don't think that you have to warm it up because if you're being forced into that slot, we all know the reality of people in Vegas. They'll judge you on your first five right. minutes. Oh, right. yeah, right. Oh, like, yeah. every nightclub owner here or manager is going to, like, watch the first the, the first record, the first one or two records, the way the crowd reacts, the way you react, and then they they make their judgment and then they go on with the rest of their night. Yep. And that judgment is what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I always tell people, if you are forced into that two-hour slot, to come out as if it's like the peak of the night it's right that now. Strong, that strong yeah. 45. Hmm. Right. Yeah. See, I, I disagree. I, I disagree, too. Yeah. Am I wrong? But you, yeah, you're wrong. I, okay. No, no, no. I like he's, the, I like the right. resetting of the room, but I, I, but I, I see both sides for sure. Yeah. No, he's right. And there, you know, there's a group that specifically created a formula of what he's talking about. And I'm not going to say the name of the group. They created this formula from this one DJ. You can bleep out his name. They created this formula from this one DJ, which was basically when you get on, you play the biggest record at 12.30 a.m. And we hit him with cryo and everything. We You play all the biggest records yeah. for 10, 15 minutes. 
and then it really doesn't matter what you do after that. Yeah. You know, and and in the main rooms when I was there, that was literally some of the formula where the first 20 minutes would be like nothing but bangers. And then yep. it was just like filler, filler, filler. And then like, oh, it's 3 a.m. I should pick it back up again. And then like, you know, you kind of pick it up. And okay. I'm from a different era where I would want to come in and I would want to kind of, I want to feel them out and I want to build it. And you could 100% do that, yeah. especially when the room is so packed where you yeah. can just impact them. This is and this, and this is the same formula that they're still using now. And I'm t yeah. like the... the these openers and closers and some of these local residents that are in Vegas right now and they've, they've got these headlining. Yeah. They're not being themselves. Right. They're yeah. literally imitating. They're making, they're, an Im they're imitating something that's completely dated to me. Yeah. But it's still effective to the nightclub, the Vegas nightclub formula. The experience. Exactly. And it's, to me, I'm just like, I go out and I don't want to go out in Vegas anymore because yeah. I'm hearing everyone kind of sounds the same. same. <laughs> but don't you think that a you lot of us I mean? DJs were beaten? Like I use the term a lot probably on this podcast before, especially when we're talking about looking no, over no, our I shoulders. Have no doubt. Stuff, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, it, you it, just it, mentioned that example. Like this is our thing. Like, yeah, we're here to perform a service and stuff like that. But why? Like, look at how it's conditioned. Right. For, for not for the better, conditioned us as artists yeah, and as DJs. Like, and that's why when we would have the conversation about like all the Twitch stuff during shutdown, I'm like, you know, guys like Neva, myself, Rich. I mean, we've, I mean, we've seen it. We've been through the fucking trenches, and, and you know, along comes the shutdown. And obviously, you know, you always want to look for the silver lining. The silver lining is like it's so beautiful to watch DJs mm. show you what they can do without having to look over their shoulder at some douchebag host <laughs> yeah. or fucking Don Johnson wants to hear this, that, or the other. And it's like, you, you just be yourself and you play what you want. Nobody's going to tell you shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is what it's all about. And that's what I, I loved most about, right. you know, the shutdown and Twitch. Unfortunately, now <laughs> clubs are about to open up again. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> How much did they spend? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't disagreeing <laughs> with what you're saying as far as starting in fourth gear. I just don't think it's got to come out as predictable i don't believe it just has to come out as predictable as or maybe that's just the way i see myself it doesn't have to be as formulaic well yeah, listen, it, I, yeah. on, a, on a personal level of course i would much rather go to a space where what we're saying happens where where a dj is playing exactly the thing they want to play right that's the party that's the room i want to be in as a listener but but the stakes being what they are in these big right. rooms between right. management and like the attention span of the masses that that come to vegas type clubs it's like do you really want to reset them? Do you think they're going to have the patience to wait for you to build up? So I see, like I said, I see That's both right. sides. I prefer, I'm really in tune with Rich because as far as like doing the whole night, I love doing the yeah. whole night, mm -hmm. you know, for better or worse, any success or failure that night falls on me. I, I took it in the places where I felt I needed right. to go. Sometimes it works. Sometimes I have an off night, but I do, I do like as far as headlining and stuff that idea of resetting the room. But it's easy; it, it looks good on paper sometimes, but the actual execution sometimes, unless you've mastered it, you know, especially in a market like Vegas, I think it's it's it's, you know, it might work, it might not. If you like, how different would you sound if if you're headlining? Let's say I'm just going to say something I don't work for. Let's say excess. You're headlining excess Saturday night, and you come out with a completely different sound, like. I think everyone would be paying attention. Like, just grab those three minutes and <laughs> like build what Black tension. Coffee did. Yeah, like I know. But the thing is, like, I don't mean keep it deep. I'm not even right. saying play something off the wall. I'm, I'm just saying, like, really build up that moment of tension. 
and then give them that, but not just come out like. But you need you need the freedom and the confidence that your job right. is intact. That's the problem. That's the main problem. That's why I'm yeah. when I hear these DJs that are that are out in Vegas right now, I I love them. I think they're so talented, but I, it's like it kills me because I'm like you you're so much better than this and you're doing this formula and it's like to me I'm just like I know why you're doing this formula and it's like you know you're doing it to make money and this is your time to to shine it's and then playing maybe, it safe basically and, job yeah, security. And, and, then, and you know what it is and the way Vegas works it's like it's really about who is the loyal soldier that's job security you know right? and and in five or five in three to five years they're gonna be like finally like we trust you now you know we you could do whatever you want okay. and then you know so that's why I get it you know like so I'm like yo like you know play your role and do your shit you know even even for me like to do some of these rooms it's like i don't want to do it i don't want to keep doing that same formula it's so bo- it's just boring to me it's draining to me it makes me like not want to dj so i feel create, create you know, a different formula for yourself i think and and the fact that jason is saying this is interesting cuz and it's and it's amazing it's an amazing study because right. now on one side i mean jason is going has has been with Tau group for right. many many years probably now he's exceeded you know our 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 time with light group and stuff like that for sure yeah. and, but he's also the guy that's saying this so there might so obviously he has the, he's he has saying the, it he, he's he's I'm been around it. for forever right i work at Tau beach i have four right. different intros for so beach. they're all different so maybe that's there's great. something to this it's like this guy that feels this way and is like why don't you just do it this way why are we not doing this it? is a guy that's <laughs> Had job security in a very competitive market at a very intense, high-end hospitality nightlife brand like Tao Group, and but that's he's a, still rocking and rolling. But that's the, but I'm telling you, you can build your own, your own. In, I'm saying when I say intro, I'm saying in, captivate this room without initial. Like don't punch him in the face within 30 seconds. How about you build a core? How about you build like a landscape of sound where everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? Because I've seen some of these guys do it. I've seen some of these trance guys. There's one guy I know that comes in, and his intro is like two minutes long. And I'm like, and I'm like, I walk away, and I'm like, what the f-? And everyone's like, phones are out. Everything is going. And you're like, oh, shit, he's got everyone's attention mm-hmm. without saying a word. Without fucking saying a word, mm-hmm. and it's gonna, and it's, it gets corny after that. But guess what? yeah, as soon as they <laughs> present themselves, it's always like it's always like the he- the headliner EDM guy is like behind the DJ booth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but fuck but you. why can't we use that little slot, that little tan- t- space and time and have everyone including the bar be like, "What the fuck is going? Did the music just stop?" Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. just like mm, like THX, like yeah. some fucking Spielberg shit where you're like, "Yeah. What is going on?" Mm-hmm. And then come out with your own thing where it could be it could be hip hop it could be something it could be some acapella some hip hop shit that's coming out it's hot as fuck you're like whoa where is this going mm-hmm. and then hit him imagine the landscape you just created that was original that's for you that's Drama. your moment that's your night you built your intro to your own night do it I have to do I have to do it you know why because I have EDM guys that I play with and they're like 30 seconds I'm done what am I gonna do everyone's been singing these guys songs for okay boom jack just Jack. Everyone's like, what? And then goes into something else, like slappy. And then I could go into other things. But I have to be quick on my toes. And I also want to build my own life. Like, this is completely different from what just happened. 
Right. Mm. And I have different intros. I do the one for the library. I do one for Marquee Day Club. They don't have to say my name. I don't want them to say my name. Mm -hmm. It's just something different. Just that canvas, that that 90 seconds, two minutes, you could just really captivate the whole room because even people are not paying attention. Like, what happened to the music, man? It just stopped or something? Nope. And then they get punched in the face. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it all makes sense. We, we we spent some time talking about, you know, you mentioned like these DJs are doing this. They're just trying to re- recreate what they feel is supposed to be done. Wouldn't this be also in that same conversation where it's like, you know, because we're kind of like saying it as if, as if it's a bad thing. So wouldn't it lead to I don't this? Think it's be- a, I think the only bad thing is that it's it's just it's it's bad because everyone's so they're doing the safest thing possible. Yeah. And like, I'm not mad at them. You know what I mean? So like, because they're, they're trying to do their job, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and to, you know, the thing is I've gone in positions where I've tried to do different things and I've gotten, you know, I've gotten in trouble for that shit. And it's like, there's a scarring to like, there's like, you know, I'm scarred a little muscle bit. Muscle memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, to... uh, I, I can't do this. Like, I'm going to get fucking yelled at. Or like, you know, there's like a reputation. Like, Crooked's doing that thing again where he's just doing whatever he wants. Yeah. He's not, Crooked's not a team player. You're like the manatee you know? with the propeller marks on your back. You've <laughs> 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 been run over too many times. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah right, right. No, so it's to the point where it's like, you know, for, for me, right? Like, I want to do what I want to do, but I, I kind of want to figure out figure it out in a safe space where I don't have to like yeah. what fight the system too much right you know what i mean some happy medium some common ground some kind of i mean you know when the time comes like we we can go full throttle with whatever the fuck I'm, i really want to do so we, what, what you really want to do comes out what in the last 30 minutes i would say like when people listen to me like if you want to hear me dj the best time to hear me and like never you've heard me dj mm-hmm. is probably towards the end of my end of the night towards the end of the night yeah, yeah. because or the, or the beginning of the night because in the middle, I'm trying to make the club money. I'm trying to make it pop. I'm trying to do whatever. Like, remember back in the day at Jet, we would start at 10.30 mm-hmm. p.m. And then we'd go to maybe 5 a.m. sometimes. Yeah. If, you, if, if, it was, if I had that template now, I'd be like, come at 3. That's the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> come, at, come at 3 a.m. or come at like 2.30. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll hear. Then you'll start hearing. That's when I'm just like free balling. I'm just doing whatever. And I'm just going crazy. Yeah. You know, but that's, I need, I need the 1030 to 12 and I need the 230 to 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. Yeah. in order to really appreciate the 12 to 2 a.m. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, if I just come in and I'm doing 12 to 2, I'm just like doing the same. Right. You know? It's almost like your reward. It's like, I did all yeah. this. I've done this. I've made the club money. And now, you checked now all the boxes. Like, you checked all the boxes. Now right. you can have and fun. And now on the other end of yeah. that. Two hours set I, where the bottles are coming out. I've like, literally been at clubs, had a guest spot. I'm like, I did my guest spot. Let me play a little bit longer, or like, let me. Yeah. I've given you like, I did my two hours. I gave you an hour and a half. Let me have the last half hour. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll just be like, yo, like, everything was great, but the last half hour, you know. And I'm just <laughs> like, all right, cool. Like, you want to keep it one genre. <clears throat> like, oh, you you went a little too this way, but the crowd was feeling it. Yeah, but we don't want to go. We don't want that genre here. We want you to keep it here and do this and do that. 
And it's that's brand. And that's where I'm like that. well, I'm starting to realize I can start saying, like, all right, I just don't want to be at that club no more. Yeah. Because there's so many fucking DJs that will do whatever they want, that will look the way they want, that will act the way they want. And that and then like, yo, you could book those guys and they're younger and they're, they're like they wanna please you. They wanna like really wanna do that shit. Right. So let me ask you this. will you if you're headlining somewhere, do you show up for the opening set or do you just try to show up? I show up pretty early. If oh. I had it my way, I would want I I should usually show if I start at twelve, I usually show up at eleven, eleven fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do, do you make it known that you're there? Or yeah, just, I, I just kind of say hello. I say what up to the opener. I like hang out. We have maybe a drink or so. Okay, like, right, he knows I'm them. here. If he still burns me at this point, right? That's <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> which happens a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. a lot. I'll tell you a story. Like I, this is this is an interesting story. I went to and a bunch of like you know a bunch of DJs came through to hear hear me spin, and I was there early, like eleven eleven fifteen. I had to start at twelve. And this DJ was just dropping hit after hit, blow the whistle, YG, BPT, yeah. everything, every every Cali anthem you could think of. Damn. He's dropping every fucking thing. And for some reason, because I was there to hear it and I was looking at the crowd and the crowd wasn't ready for it, you know, it was overbearing at that time. Right. I was just smiling. And then the other DJs were like, whoa, like, what are you going to play, bro? Like, dude, he's playing everything. What are you going to play? It's like, how many people want to hear these songs again when the time is right? Yeah. But but I didn't even play any of them again. So what would you do? So I literally, I was just, the whole time I'm smiling because I'm like, they don't want to hear that. Oh, they don't, they want to hear this. They want to do this. I'll do that. And I'm just looking at it and I'm just like, this is cool. This is cool. And I'm like, maybe I hit, you know, the booker next time, tell him I'll just open for myself because, you know. That's somebody you do want to take. Yeah. But, but, but the thing is like, you know, I wasn't mad at him because I feel like that was maybe a tryout to that opener DJ. He was trying to show show and prove. Maybe he doesn't have that you know, the education or he just doesn't know what to do or he's nervous or whatever. Yeah. So I I was just smiling the whole time. I got on, I played three records, felt it out, and I just kind of just hit him with what I wanted to do. Right. But it was like, you know, that night I played fucking merengue. I played everything. Like I played, (laughs) I went all over the fucking place. But it was just like. And it it, it went over and you got, and and it was a good party. And you didn't have to play those. The it's low what, hanging fruit again. The thing, is, but the thing is, like the opener, like if you're opening, if if I'm opening for you, I should be showing you what are the depths of this room. Mm. You can go there. I should be going zigzagging for you, and showing the headliner, like, yo, if you show up early, I should zigzag and show you exactly where the fuck you could go. Yeah, that's, that's good. like whenever, like, uh, that's an interesting take. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But like, I, yeah, I like that. I, I remember I went to live, and I've said the story before. You know, like uh, Jessica, who was opening for me, she played. King Floyd in Live, you know. Wow, Damn. what groove me? Yeah, groove me. Yeah. And she went all over the place. Went into electro. Went into hip hop. Went into everything. And I and you know, I was a little confused. I was like, holy shit! I didn't know you could do that. But it, it for me, it just opened up a whole bunch of shit. And I was like, fuck it, like. And that was the best opening set I heard. That's great. Yeah. yeah. But it's like an opener to me. When I open for people, I would go left, right. I would zigzag if they're there and they're listening to it. Yeah. I would zigzag and I would go all. I would go everywhere so they can hear. It. And then the headliner could be like, yeah, I, you you did a little '80s there. That was dope. You know, like you play a little '80s R&B shit. Like uh, you play some dancehall. Like that's crazy. You yeah. know kind of educate them because 
every headliner coming in is going to do close to almost the same set that they do everywhere else because they want it to be safe, especially if, if it's their first. And they know it's going to work. Yeah. Right. And one of the benefits you have that I envy is that every week you're at the same venues, like, you know, some of the same venues. You're there weekly. So you know the room left and right. And you have the outlet to take these chances and to, and to say that. But when, if you travel to like, you know, a one-off in Chicago or Miami, you know, you got to be real bold to do that because it, it may work or it may not work, still, you know? I'm still doing it. You're still doing it, yeah. which I love. You know, I love yeah. that. You don't see that a lot. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, but that's, you know. but that's the, the one thing. When I see Jason Lima now, there is this calm confidence that I love and I've noticed it with like older DJs yeah, where they're not rushing. You know, it's like that old colors, uh, that movie, that colors saying it's like, hey, let's run down and fuck one of them cows. Or right? walk the, down the, and yeah, fuck them all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really that like kind of the more like calm and the more I take my time. Because I do that sometimes, you know, like as open, like we're from New York. Mm-hmm. We'll quick mix. We're trying to hit them. We're trying to bang them out. Yeah. It's like the more I just kind of relax, let a song sit. And if like, oh, they're not feeling it, like I let it sit a little bit. By the second verse, they start feeling it. And then you start hitting a rhythm and you just kind of like, you calm it down. The more calm and still I am, the more they're like, they're like kind of like listening to me and trusting me a little bit. It's, you you have to hypnotize people. Right. And you can't hypnotize them if they're going too fast. Sometimes you have to take your time and kind of make those awkward moments and then ease them into something else. And like you said, find that rhythm, like, okay. And it just, there's this moment I feel like that you build with people. They're like, okay, they know what I'm doing. Now. Yeah, they yeah. Get me the truth. There was also yeah, that, 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 that adjustment too when you guys first moved out. See, I would, I, I was, I, I, I never, I, I would do some quick mixing if I had a cool mix that, you know, maybe a three record con- configuration here and there. But that was an adjustment because remember at light, at Light Group, it was like, play the fucking records. You know, they didn't understand if you were doing some wordplay shit or you just wanted to juggle like, records. Play the whole song. Play the whole song. Yeah, they're yeah. like, you're like, you guys are mixing out of it. You're only playing the chorus and like, play the whole song. Yeah. So there was like, when we first moved to, when I first moved to Vegas, they're like, there was a rule, like you have to play, like, I don't know, one, ver- I don't know what they, there was a rule though, like they were just like, you have to play the whole song or. Or two verses. Two, yeah, verses, yeah, two, two verses, verses or something like that. Something wow. like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, who was the guy that used to run the Bellagio back in the days? I was DJing one night and he called Andrews like, to Andrew, the DJ's not letting the song play oh, long geez. enough. Oh, those fucking, de- yeah. oh, Jesus Christ. Ooh, having flashbacks and stuff. Ooh. No, music, but yeah. music was long back then, man. Like the four minutes, five minutes. You know, my yeah. my son's big into uh, Quad City DJ, Quad City DJs right now. Really, coming really? by the train. That's dope. <laughs> and he wants me to play the whole fucking song. I didn't realize it's like six minute and six minute, yeah. forty two seconds. I'm like, I can't hear this song again, man. <laughs> Fuck, I've heard it like six times in the car. I'm like, I, can't. I was just on a cruise with him. He was making me play it the whole time. I'm like, no, no more, man, no more. Were there, were there any changes in the song? It's like, like here, I never heard this song. Here's, I never heard this There's a couple of cowbells that come in later, man. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that before. It's interesting. 
I, I like this. This is a house versus EDM episode. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't know what we talked about. <laughs> we just like went off I, I tried to bring it in and organize it. I don't know what happened. It's just Man, chaotic. This is just camaraderie yeah. and uh, sharing. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I learn. Yeah. I, you learn a lot. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Every time I've been here, I've I've, I've learned a lot, and I, you have a lot to say. And Eddie's got a lot to say. All you guys have a lot to say, and I really appreciate that time. Yeah, it's it's. I don't get this a lot, and I might have these little moments here and there when I'm out or when I talk to friends during lunch. But to sit down with you guys is like a wealth of knowledge. I love it. It Likewise, brother. There's one thing I do want to before we end this. I want to clear this up because I want some clarity, even for myself. Okay. When house emerged, you got what was the timeline for house? It was house techno trance. I I mean, I mean, as far as house, I mean, you know, and I know we spoke about, you know, you mentioned like I feel love is like the first like uh, EDM record or something like that. House, I think, um, you know, a a record, a very important record in house, I would say, is Farley Jack Master Funk. Um, Love Can't Turn Around with with also produced by Jesse Saunders. Shout out to Jesse. Jesse Saunders. Uh, Daryl Pandy did the vocal. Love Can't Turn Around. And when I was like, when I was younger, I was like, I was into more heavy shit. I loved trance back in the day in New York. Loved pr- tribal, progressive, uh, kind of aggressive stuff for like the '90s. I, I would say, and the house always seemed a little slower to me until I kind of, you know, I kind of honed in and, and started appreciating it more. And when I used to hear that record, I'm like. I was never a fan, and now I get it. But that is for, and that's I don't. I'm trying to think what year that came out, and I'm not even. I don't even want to get it wrong. I mean, but um, I don't know if I think a lot of things existed because okay, house comes out, but Kraftwerk was already out. You know, my introduction to house, I believe, was uh, Marshall Jefferson "Move That Body." Yeah, Yeah, that's me personally, and this was like in '86. During that era, we had um, Colonel Abrams, Trap. Oh, the best. I love it. Um, don't, don't, um, you get the best of me. Yep. Well, a lot of the Detroit stuff. A lot of that like, stuff, you know, yeah. Kevin Saunderson stuff, Inner like City, Inner City, Big Todd Terry, Terry stuff. Todd yeah, Terry. I was going to say Inner City yep. and Todd Terry. Right. That was uh-huh. when I really got into it. That would be a little more like 87, 88, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. around that time. Yeah. I remember Inner City in particular sucked a lot of people mm. into house. Yeah. For sure. I mean, those sounds were a lot. Yeah, I mean, Chicago and Detroit was so so important. And Kevin Saunderson would be considered a techno producer, but if you listen to Big Fun and and isn't um, Cybertron and, and all that Good Life and shit, Cybertron was one acting. One, yeah, one saying, but yeah. it's the same time though. I mean, it yeah, happens yeah. around the same. This time. is like 87, 88. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Means, oh man. So it's that that was more Detroit was one Atkins, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. it just started getting completely pop. Towards the like the late eighties, early nineties. But 90s, was it? Right? It was just it. It had commercial appeal, but it wasn't. It wasn't selling itself out. I mean, Crystal Ward is um, Gypsy Woman. I think that that's the Basement Boys produced that. They are the real fucking deal, man. You know, I mean, and that was a radio hit. I mean, that was. All, I mean, as we know, and it's still. Goes over like a ton of bricks. Still, it's infectious. I, Ti fucking, intro, you know, brought yeah. it into the hip hop world. All that shit. You but know? I feel like it crossed over with Madonna when she put out Vogue. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a That's doubt. That's when everybody started to like pay attention. Without to house a music. doubt, mm. for sure. Well, nobody's mentioned the whole Night at the Roxbury stuff. 
that well, whole year. Well, the Eurodance, <laughs> the, the Labouche, the Hathaway, yeah, the, the um, you know, Lysari. the real McCoy, That's all 90s, that right? shit. Yeah, yeah, be yeah. my lover, yeah. fucking. Yeah. Mavillo, I like to move huh? it. Right, <laughs> move it, move it. Right. <laughs> all, that's kind of the EDM of its time, basically. That's I mean, the that EDM was stri- of its yeah, time. Yeah, that, but that, but that what was strictly you? rhythm though, too. But that was definitely probably the pop. That's like the poppiest. That's like European poppy, white like rare arts, all that stuff. That was yeah. But see, like people would actually remember I told you that when uh, they were saying there was patterns when like you know uh, like the like black music was stolen you know taken and, and created and whitewashed right you know it happened with disco and then it happened with house and then when it went to when it became European they're saying it was kind of taken again and just kind of like like mid mid 90s yeah mid 90s yeah. with all like the, hello barbie let's go party oh that whole God. era remember yeah i'm blue but yeah. then it got kind of bastardized but you know and then it kind of happened you know so neek was a big that was a big that was a yeah. big record and mm-hmm. she she came up more in the drum and bass world you know i think i believe uh, i could be wrong but i believe she Traditionally, was more in the drum and bass world. Mm-hmm. DJ Rap, another one that had like a crossover kind of little appeal. And she came; she was traditionally drum and bass, and she had some you know crossover dance hits too. But um, yeah, um, I think it happens. I think the the you know people are always kind of the credits always going in different directions, and you know even like there was there was Swedish House Mafia records. Uh, what was it from East to West or something with Dizzy Rascal or something? Mm. There was some record that I'm like, yo, and a lot of their, a lot of their drums, a lot of their, their synths, the sounds. I'm like, this is fucking '90s New York progressive house. Mm-hmm. Stop calling it the fucking Swedish sound because it's just. I don't, I, I'm like, I'll play you 50 fucking records from like the mid to late '90s that this is basically mimicking, only with less of a journey because it's four and a half minutes long, and it's just like, but it's like the Swedish sound, the Swedish sound. Like, come on. Another factor is the um, what you might call like the other, like when you like the grass is always greener on the other side. What I mean by that is when these European guys are hearing the New York records, they think that's the sound that's so huge there, right? And then when it blows up in Europe, what happened here in Vegas is they think, oh, just because they're Dutch or Swedish, that's it's so right. fucking yeah. huge. Like these mm-hmm. guys, they think they're so big. Because they're from this area that's hot or whatever, you know, and there's a miss. Everyone thinks the other one is actually bigger than it is. So right. there's kind of this like yeah. back and forth right. feeling that happens with Ibiza also and, and Tulum and I'm all I'm having fun right and, now. And it's yeah, also you like- kind of feel like it's cooler over there. So Afrojack was like, I got to get to Vegas. Now I know I made it. Right. Meanwhile, everyone in Vegas is like, well, once we get those Dutch guys, then we'll know that we made it. Right. You know what I, mean? I, I wasn't making like, those was a few years ago and I was like, Wait, this is just as corny yeah, as well? Exactly. <laughs> Dude, yeah, there's, there's like, um, you know, when you fall in love with something, like all these people are so fucking infatuated, plur all over their fucking bodies, all this fucking stupid shit. And I don't want to say stupid shit. Just I don't, I, I don't connect to that whole, you know, you know, the, that whole kind of shtick of the, the But the, the thing is, stuff. the problem is nobody takes the time to, educate themselves they have all the information in the world at their fingertips and refu- and aren't quick to use it like when you fall in love with something if you yep. claim to love truly love something whether it's a human being or a genre of music or a, an artist in particular whatever the fuck it is you want to learn you're dating a woman I, i'm in love with this girl i want to learn everything about you i want i want to know more about you because uh, you, you know 
and why should it be different with music? Like right. when I fought, when I fall in love with Jamaican music, I don't want to know. I, I, my gateway to dancehall was probably Profile Records. This is Dancehall Volume Two. But I, I don't. I, I I connected with it so much. I want to learn everything. I want to learn mm -hmm. ska. I want to learn rock yeah, study. I want to learn you're, everything. You're Nobody's doing that. So like what you're saying is like, oh yeah, the Dutch guys. Educate yourself. It goes way deeper than that. Way so much impactful shit and so many impactful artists and producers. Pre, pre, uh, uh, you know whatever. Shecky, can you help me? The predecessors of yeah. But the other thing is there is hope because if what's as you guys are probably aware, what's hot on TikTok and right. is is the catalog art. Like like music is coming back. Like a lot of young people are listening to the classics in different ways because someone does a viral TikTok right. yeah. and has, that has like a, a, an old song in it. And that's now a way that people discover music. And as a result, young people, and I've heard some direct evidence, they really are interested. I mean, another one is the Stranger Things thing and all that, yeah, all that kind of thing. The Kate Bush. Uh, Kate Bush, Bush. yeah. The ABBA, the ABBA. And, and ABBA, no Kate Bush, exactly. So I, there's, there, that's happening now, too. There is sort of... Now, it hasn't made its Fleetwood way to... Fleetwood Mac was another one. Fleetwood you know, Mac. James, it, yeah, it yeah. hasn't made its way to discovering Marshall Jefferson and stuff yeah, like that, but right. maybe it will. Maybe yeah. eventually right. this new thing of looking back actually will shine the light on some of these you know, legends of house and disco, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you heard that uh, that article that said the era of new music is over? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of curious. You know, you have a huge history with the Source magazine. You're a journalist, Harvard grad. I'm kind of curious your take on this whole thing. Where I think the article was basically summarized. They were just like saying that there's uh, like the the amount of new music that's being consumed is like less than thirty percent right now, or something like that, and like. People are consuming like eighty percent or more of old music, so like the market for new music is getting smaller and smaller, Damn. and it's kind of saying the future for new music is almost like it's not over, but it's like it's there's like <laughs> it's not about that anymore. I guess from a mainstream point of view, yeah, because yeah. a lot of people that I know now don't listen to a lot of mainstream shit. They all listen to maybe like indie, you know, records and a lot of independent shit, you know. Yeah, a lot. A lot of those great records aren't. Uh, they don't have the label support. They don't have the team or whatever. So, you know, they're they're going to those uh, artists or bands Bandcamp or or just buying it straight off from them from a whatever website or something. It's just different now. They just can't uh, measure the metrics of those sales. That's all it is. So it's not new music isn't popular. You mean just the major label shit isn't because it's all shit right now. Well, they're saying the <laughs> consumption is like is very small compared to. Yeah, but they're only music. putting it yeah. in the mainstream. That's how are they measuring it? Right? Yeah, exactly. How are they measuring? Also, like let's remember, like not everyone has the obsessions that maybe some of us have with music. Right. <laughs> right. It's like saying this guy is a chef and he wants to taste like everything from like crickets to like you know maybe some weird you know cut a meat from you know turkey right I, not everyone's built for that not everyone's built to f taste all these flavors or to look for these flavors that's a very that's i think you're onto something because i think what's happened is there's two sides to this explosion of availability of music discovering music now everyone has spotify mm -hmm. youtube in their pocket millions of songs tons of new artists but there's less uh some people actually want to be programmed to 
Right. That's that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Is it? And and the days of you know in our youth in my youth you know we had radio we had then later MTV yep. and we were basically programmed to, but we liked it. You know this and now everyone's like no you just go out and discover whatever music you want. But to your exact point, not everyone wants to do that. Right. Not everyone wants to go on a pathway to discover all the music. So we need that's actually why in my mind DJs are getting more and more important yeah. as curators as yes. as the the sherpa that guides you into this music this mysterious music mountain that you can climb right. with us yeah. you know like a curator or a dj is someone that has to kind of like wade through cut through the bush to find the the gems shizamming. and bring you them back to, to show people you know and so more this was always the role of a dj but now it's even more important than ever because yeah. there's no more mtv there's very little radio really programming to people i mean of course there's spot serious and etc but people really are just using spotify but they don't have the time to find it so there's this weird space happening where it's all out there but no one's really showing them where it is right and as a result but also there's also other factors like the you know the viral there is definitely a surge in catalog sales you know of, of mm-hmm. and i think that's a good thing because i love old music as most of us do but yeah, there's there's a there's a weird disconnect between all this new music and people that don't have the ability to really wade through it mm-hmm. to pick out the things they like. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also it's just like social media, right? Now. <coughs> TikTok, Instagram, those are really the the outlets for people to find music, which yep. is weird. Is you know, yeah, it is. It is. Twitter, you know, still don't know how I feel that, about it. it just Honestly, so strange, I've, I've found a bunch happening. of like, yeah, unre- you know, like independent records or or a bunch of records that were released, you know even three years ago that I've never heard of and I've found it through like TikTok or Instagram. I'm like, yo, this record. How did you find it? How do you... People with these videos, you know? I found some of these house records, like even like some like acoustic or like some indie rock or whatever. I found... So you're scrolling and you just end up finding yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. And this is... Do you feel like this is because, you know, I'm not on... I'm still not on TikTok, but... Uh, Me neither. I've never um, been... On... Has this replaced SoundCloud? Is SoundCloud now irrelevant yeah, yeah, damn sure. near? Yeah, I because I used to be the guy, the, that kind of vibe. You, yeah. you know, you know, you scroll sound. You know, I would say TikTok is number one right now, yeah. and then I I don't know. I think maybe Twitter might be ahead of Instagram, but I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, like I've there's a whole but there's a bunch of new hip hop that I learned from Twitter. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as like pop music, I hear it on mm-hmm. TikTok, and you know, I, I do hear it, and I'm just like, oh shit. I've seen like four videos with this song. Yeah, what is that song? And then, right. Yeah, and then what is the song? And then they'll and go over to Spotify or YouTube or SoundCloud. I mean, or there's a there's a ton of Afro beats. Yeah, on TikTok, like yeah. it's insane. Well, so that's like, what I was asking about you know? what is the future of what's the near future of Afro beats and that whole sound? I'm really curious for you guys' take. I have on that. no idea where that is right now. Where is that going? Like, <laughs> I, I know very little about it. I, I think I think some of the best music on this planet is coming out of Africa. On the on the on the oh, everything. Yeah. I, I just lo- I love it. I, agree. I mean, especially it coming great. from it feels great. coming yeah. from like that dance hall kind of back room too, background too. Like I connected more. Like I really like. Mm. I mean, Wizkid was probably my gateway drug, and I don't. I'm very clueless about it. I haven't kept up with it. Like I feel like my enthusiasm about the genre. Yeah, is that. I need to I need to kick it with you some more, man. I, I mean, <laughs> the uh, new, yeah, the new. I mean, the new Afrobeat stuff. It's all. I mean, it's still finding itself because I mean, if you listen to Afrobeat from two years ago, it sounds completely different than what it is right where now. Where do you find it? Honestly, I don't even know. That's I mean, what I was asking. I, I find a lot of everything that I listen to that isn't like you know. I find like Bilefunk, uh, Afrobeat, YouTube. 
Hmm. YouTube the, is the difficult huge. thing is that a lot of that music is really regional. Yeah. Mm. And the thing is, we're in the probably the worst city yeah. to like experience that music. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like in if the we, middle of the desert. If we were in New York, you know, or if we were in Miami or anywhere on the East Coast, it's not it, cultural it, enough. Yeah, it's, it's not, not. It's not. It's not yeah. ethnic enough. It's not cultural. Yeah, it, it's yeah. not feeding yeah. the yeah. city. It's not feeding it's not that the melting city. pot. Yeah. Vibe. Right. So, is there a playlist in Miami or? In Queens, where you could say, "Oh yeah, it's on this radio station. They're playing yeah. a lot." No, I'm, no. Well, no. the thing is, it is. It's it's, it's spread Spot, out. It's uh, Spotify, know. right? Yes. Yeah, Spot. well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you go to if you go to like Spotify and you look up like a Afrobeats like playlist, you might see like some of the hits, and some of the things. But <laughs> it's really like you know a lot so of. How, the, how do you play it? Then you just like, oh, this is dope. I'm gonna play it. And then what if it bombs? Like I'm. Oh, no, no, no. I'm well. The, here, just to clear it up, if you go to New York, there yeah. is more Afrobeats infused into the play into the DJ set. Okay. Right, you know what I mean. It's almost like the new R and B. There's a market for it. There. Yeah, for a lot of people, it's like new R and B. because like R and B isn't even R. Like I don't even they don't make danceable R and B nowadays. No. It's all vibe. So, yeah, and then like a lot of dance hall doesn't cross over. So you go to you New know? York, you hear three records that are amazing in New York that are Afrobeats. Yeah, and how do you bring them back here? It's usually just late. It just comes late. Yeah. You know, like so how I, do you bring them back here? You play them late in your sets. I play or? them early or yeah, late okay. in the sets. I just I kind of fit so like in. This okay. Yeah. Or I, yeah. does anybody know this? Is it one yeah. head? Okay. But the, but more likely, if I have a twelve thirty to two thirty a.m. set, I'm not going to play any of it. Yeah. You know, and that's 12, what 20, 12, I mean two twenty. You're like dropping. Yeah, but even still, it's just kind of like, what are you doing? It's a pack room. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me. This is the soul-sucking shit about my position as a DJ and a headliner. I don't get to play anything I want to because I have to go there and make money for the club. I'm in the slot to make money for the club. I'm almost to the point where I like I want to tell like certain nightclubs. I, I tell this all the time to certain like uh, club owners. I'm like, yo, if there's a night where you, you, you want to give me where I could just play the whole night, I, like let me know. And then they're like, we'll we'll let you know, like if there's like if, we, if there's a, a regular night that you can just come in and just play whatever you want, and there's a, and then usually there's no outlet because, like you have to come in at twelve thirty and two thirty and make money for the club, you know what I'm saying? It's and it's not about me. It's got to be a small room for you. Somewhere, there's, right? There is a small room, but it's, it's really how I catalog it and how I put everything together and I'll I'll, I'll implement these things. Right. But as far as Afro beats, you know, like I'll end the night with it. I, you know, I may tease some of it and see if it works, but it, you know, in the end, I I gotta make the club money. Mm. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Chill. It's pretty chill after all. Yeah, it, yeah. And, and plus, but if I go to New York, it's a different story. You know, if I go Are they to making money with that music, I oh, mean, yeah, I mean, they, they, look, there's there's like a, it's a whole scene. It's like in New York, it's different when when you DJ, especially it, I'm a piano. In the early 2000s, we would do a dance hall set. It was mandatory. In the 90s, even more so, in a hip hop party, you did a dance hall set. Also, until you got to Vegas, yeah, until yeah. you got to Vegas, and, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But even still, I would we would ram it in and then they would have meetings. They'd be like, Hey, no more. They're like, Eddie, Eddie, no more reggae. I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? I, and then like, I, it was I, just murder. She wrote, I wasn't even digging deep, bro. It's like, and then I show, I show up late to the meeting and, and I'm like, yo, what did I miss? And Neva's like, no more reggae. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, why? And they're like, he's like Eddie. And I'm like, Eddie, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> we can't play reggae no more. Play, yeah. 
<laughs> but we used to have these meetings like that. Oh, when hey. in New York, it was mandatory. It was fucking mandatory. You yep. need that moment. Because yep. that was the only time you got to grind with a girl uh, and like really dance close with uh, a girl was was in dance Punani. hall music. Mm-hmm. Punani, bro. That's the only time you really got to. <laughs> so you had to play that shit. You know what I mean? And it's just... I mean, it's just different. It was part of the Trinity. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, it would, especially, I mean, speaking from like New York and stuff like that, it was part of the Trinity. It was like hip hop, house, R&B, and, and, and But nothing's changed in you New know? York. You know, they still, you you do a reggaeton set. Well, you do an Afrobeat too, set. Yeah. You do, now, now, like, there's even more genres. So, yeah. like, in certain parties in New York, you don't even hear, like, real commercial hip hop or no. anything music. No. You just hear a mix of all these genres from reggaeton to fucking Afrobeats, I'm a piano. Uh, you might hear some R&B and some, you know, some Drake pushed in, but it's really a majority of these other genres yep. that are that are there. But um, <laughs> yeah, Afrobeats and uh, EDM <laughs> Afro- and house. Afrobeats versus <laughs> <Reggaeton>. <laughs> uh, What do you call it? I mean, yeah. Look, we, we're gonna wrap this up. We're yeah. like two and a half hours in. Um, <laughs> He's like a Rogan but, podcast now. I know. You got like three podcasts out of this one recording. No, I love that. You, get, you, get, you got like three, three. I mean, this guy has to edit it. So, Jamie, you got to edit this shit. Uh-oh, he's getting lathered up over there. He's greasing up those edit fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife's been texting me for like an hour and a half. Like, I know. You to bring us food? I don't know. All right, so, yo, Spider Tech. Yes. Jason Lima, Eddie McDonald, Shecky Green. Thank you so much for coming to this uh, this roundtable discussion of everything, anytime, yeah. but kind of, kind of, kind of surrounded around a house yeah, so versus EDM. Much. I've learned so much. Well, listen, yeah. that was that was that was what you set out, and that was the theme. But look at all the interesting kind of offshoots it was. So yeah. you know, I've learned. So I, much. I thought it was, this was this one hit differently. I mean, I've been on this <laughs> podcast a lot of times. This I gotta got do more roundtables like this. This where was really good. Every once every season, we all just kind of meet I was up. Gonna and say talk once, shit. once a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all connected, man. How many how many new David Guetta stories can we tell? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so comes down to All right, y'all. Yo, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Crooked. Right. Peace. Right. Yeah. Peace. 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 Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.